Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, well, you, monkey, you're listening on the S&S Network. Stay tuned or you will feel Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash is listening on the FNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA, and you're listening on the FNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. This is Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, Mr. Hall of Fame, 2011, and you are listening on SNS Radio Network. See ya, and I wouldn't want to be here. Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. is listening. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take it anymore. I'm mad as hell about these freaking whores who have pimped and raped and prostituted the sport of professional wrestling right down into the ground, right down into the gutter, right down into the circus with all the clouds. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take it anymore. It's still real to me, damn it. What you gonna do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world destroy you? As I lock eyes with a warrior that has his face painted and the outer edges of his faceplate interlock with each other, then I know that that warrior is ready to make that sacrifice so that I shall live. Wow, man, freak out! Let me see the ride! Just fine! Can't steal it! We're gonna deal it! I have obtained the goals that many men only lay in bed and dream about night after night. I have wined and dined with kings and queens, and I've slept in alleys and dined on pork and beans. You will rest in peace. And that's the bottom line. What? Just stone cold said so. It's just a man. What the rock is. It's showtime, folks! Well, you know something, Gino? The new world order is taking over professional wrestling. Are you ready? I said, are you ready?
And if you're not down with that, Dallas has got two words for ya! Do I have everybody's attention now? In anybody else's hands, this is a microphone. In my hands, it's a pipe bomb. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Wrestling News Live with the bad boys of wrestling radio. And you two jabronis don't even have enough class to introduce yourself? What is your name? Wrestling. It doesn't matter what your name is. Here are your hosts, the Trey Dog and JJ Sexay. Good evening, guys. Welcome to another edition of Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. Of course, I am Mr. Money on the Mic. Apparently, all feedback, JJ Sexay. Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ All Caps Sexay. Good evening, everyone. Uh, it's good to be actually broadcasting the show. It's been a while since I've done that. But uh, I am, in fact, broadcasting live via calgary alberta canada the home of uh well the hitman bret hart stampede wrestling of course the calgary stampede which is going to be here next week so pretty interesting uh pretty interesting times in the life of jj sexay uh a lot to talk about tonight we're going to run down news of the week sponsored of course by our good friends over at wrestling-online.com we're going to be talking about what happened last night on monday night raw Leading up to the historic 1,000th episode, Woo! coming up in just a couple weeks, with uh, none other than, of course, the Bronx father, Tony Mirabella, and uh, who knows what else we're going to cover on this particular program, but guys, joining me on the, uh, the Skype line, he is the founder and host of Wrestling News Live, ladies and gentlemen, the dog is in the house. Guess who's back? Don't piss me off. They say I'm cocky, and I say what? It ain't bragging, motherfucker. Rip it back it up. They say I'm cocky, and I say what? It ain't bragging, motherfucker. Rip it back it up. All right, we're all sunk. I got nothing else to say. Good night. All right, that's it for Wrestling News Live. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next week. That was no, fun. No, it wasn't. It wasn't too horribly bad. I, uh, you know, I today has been a, a long day. It's just been a long day. Uh, you know, I got an email this morning about, you know, getting a guest for Thursday, and then I was. Shot down at the end of business day, so I'm like, fuck. You know, I'm just to the point now where this is why I'm getting to the point where I'm 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 just done with guests. You know what I mean? It's just such a hassle. It is, man. It really is. And I, I mean, I I've been there, done that. I, you know, there's only a couple people left on my list. 
And if it's not getting them, then I just almost don't even care anymore. Uh, you know, I'm like, I'm doing you a favor by promoting your product. And it's my own fault because, let me reiterate, um, I'm not going through the person in the company that actually does a lot of the, the, the booking for radio shows. I was going through somebody who is in charge of house shows that will provide you with guests depending on the house show. And as a last minute thing, you know, we started talking and then they said, well, why don't we try to get you somebody if you're you know, Thursday? I said, that'd be great. It just didn't happen. Things happen. I understand they're busy, but it's just like, man, why bother sometimes? I haven't felt good for two days. It's been a bad week, bad weekend. I understand, man. I, I had a rough day today myself, too. I just, I don't know, man. All I did was sleep yesterday. It was crazy. Of course, I know it's my own fault because, fuck, man, I'm 37, and I get like four or five hours of sleep a night, tops. And I might doze off, you know, a little here and there during the day, but on Sundays when I have nothing to do and I just go to bed, <laughs> my body goes, all right, we're making up for it now. We got you. We're down. Nothing to do. We're, we're, we're catching up on sleep. I feel like that movie, Click. I lay down, hit the button, and then I wake up, and I'm like... 16 hours later, holy shit. Well, there's no Kate Beckinsale to wake up to. No shit, where's the reward? <clears throat> where's the reward? And sometimes it's like, you know, I, 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 I bought, uh, oh, uh, what's it called? I bought uh, Splinter Cell Conviction. For Xbox 360. Now, I had originally bought it when it came out. The day it came out. Because I'm a big Splinter Cell fan. Big time. Love the whole storyline everything. And I like the fact that you can, you know, sneak around and hide in the shadows and shit like that. And it gets challenging at some point. But I started playing that along with another online game I've been playing on my computer. And between work and... You know, doing other things. It was like I didn't want to go to bed. I was like putting sleep off. Like, you know, time. I don't want to sleep right now. I got things I want to do. And I just had too many things that I wanted to do in too little time. It felt like this weekend. Well, you know, I spent my Sunday putting together a gazebo. Oh, nice. In the backyard. Uh, you know, I spent about, I don't know, 700 bucks on fucking lawn furniture for the backyard. Which uh, kind of sucked, but uh, you know, then I had to put it all together. And I'm a big proponent of spending that kind of money on backyard things that you know you don't use a whole lot. Well, you know, it, Harmony wanted it; it's an investment. You know, I've got family coming in in a little over a month. Right. So you know, it was just something that I felt we needed to do. Uh, you know, and, and it's nice. The gazebo is nice. We've got a nice uh, table underneath the gazebo that you know holds about six people, and uh, so I mean, you know. It, it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, I just, it just, it killed me on Sunday to spend like four or five hours of my day putting that shit together. 
Well, at least you got it together. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I finally braved through the Chinese instructions, uh, you know, and, and figured out how to how to put it together. You know, Did you uh, have any parts left over at the end? And... Oh, no, no. I, I got all the parts together. I think two chairs I haven't put together because my hands were just killing me. Um, right. Because you got to use their special little tools, right? You know, and it's oh, yeah. fucking pain in the ass. So, uh, you know, and then fast forward today, went back to work, and uh, we are basically putting in this foundation and basement uh, in a lot that for some unknown reason, seems to be getting water coming up from, from underneath the ground. Not no use. We, we've had rain, yes. I, I'll, I'll admit that. But it's been pumped out Send once before. And this morning we got there and it was covering the footing. And we're supposed to be, like, pouring this thing tomorrow. So we had to pump it out again today. It's probably going to thunderstorm later, so it's, it's going to get refilled up. It, it's just it's a pain in the ass. So as we're pumping this stuff out of the hole, I have to prime it, of course, to get it to suck all the water out. Oh, no. And then sploosh all over me, soaking fucking wet with this nasty fucking water. Nice. Not a very good day for me. I was not very impressed. So that's how my day's been. How's your weather? Is it it wet or is it hot or what? Because, I mean, I'm telling you right now. My air conditioner has been on 65 and high, but it's a window unit. And that poor little motherfucker's trying its ass off to cool my apartment off, and it just can't do it. Well, see, the thing it, is... It's hot as fuck in here right now. I'm the, sweating. The thing is, man, it's a different kind of weather that I got that you got. I mean, again, I'm from the south. I've lived in Arkansas, Texas, and Oklahoma. I know what it's like in the summertime there. I know that, uh, you know, if you don't have an AC, you're pretty much fucked because it's just hot, humid and out of control here it's hot not necessarily all the time i mean you know and they go by a different system you know if it's 100 there it's like 30 something here right so you get hot but it's a dry heat it's not a humid heat so it's not that bad i I tell you man after living here for six years i don't think i could handle going back home for a summer because it'll probably kill me it's been it's been over 100 degrees like seven days in a row. Oh shit! It's crazy, dude. You know, and there's no end in sight. Like, there's it's supposed to be a hundred the rest of the week. Like it, it, it sprinkled here for about thirty minutes last night, and I ran to the golf course so I could, you know, work on some putting while it was cool enough to be outside. I was just I mean, thinking, just... you know, speaking of putting. I was just thinking, sorry to cut you off. How many movies are there about golf out there? Because I know of the Caddyshack movies. Not a lot. I know of Ten Cup. I know there was one with Randy Quaid called Dead Solid Perfect, which was okay. I haven't seen that one. That one's got, uh, it's got the chick, uh, Corinne Borer. I, I think that's her name. But she was in, uh, she was in Police Academy 4. And uh, she has this, this love scene with Randy Quaid where she's running around a hotel topless. And she got some nice old titties on her, I'll tell you. Is she the, 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 the blonde female cop? She no, she yeah, she's the one that hooks up with Zed in uh, in the fourth one. Okay, she got big old titties. Oh yeah, yeah, she's running around topless in this one, and it's uh, it, Bagger Vance, Happy Gilmore, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, there's there's another good one. I never uh, saw uh, the Legend of Bagger Vance, so me either. Uh, Ten Cups, my favorite. 
Tin Cup is good, but I'm I'm still pretty partial to Happy Gilmore because I actually when I go play golf, I actually kind of hit the ball like Happy Gilmore. I don't have that traditional golf stance because my knee got fucked up years ago, right. and I do my best not to pop it out of joint. So <laughs> I mean, I don't run up to it like Happy does, but I have a very and make funny noises when you play. Uh, no, but I do stand there like Chevy Chase and go. Be the ball, be the ball. I uh went to the golf course yesterday. Went to the golf course this morning. I just woke up. Like I said, I mean, I I slept almost my entire Sunday away. Almost the entire Sunday away. I'm losing my voice again because I'm not feeling well. Anyway, I uh. Just worked on some putting, and man, I made some putts today. <laughs> I was really proud of, but nobody was around to see it, so it was like a tree falling in the woods. Like you can't prove it. You have the best game ever, and yeah. you tell people, and they're like, "Bullshit!" There's nobody yeah. corroborate your story. It's that's just why I don't golf say. alone. Oh, there you go. Because I don't want to be that guy to tell that story about that shot I hit one time that nobody saw. Well, one of these days, Trey, you and I are going to get together on the golf course, and we're going to play golf. I'm almost to the point now, if I do, I could go up to Canada and get a job and Shark could hire me to work in the pro shop or somewhere on that golf course, I'd almost do it. Well, it depends on what week it is because, you know, he, he tells me all the time he's going to do this, he's going to do that, and I never hear anything about it. So Right. I'd have to have it set in stone before I just ever move to, to Canada. But... Probably a good thing. You'd probably want a contract on that one. Yeah. I, uh... Had an offer in day, but it's with my with my full time job at night. I'm trying I'm trying to find something to do during the day for just a few hours and just for the extra money and to get out of the apartment. You know. Yeah, I was just thinking. When was the last time I actually talked to you? I think it was last week when we did the show. Yeah, I've not spoken to you in a week. I don't know what's going yeah. on with you. Uh not a whole lot. You're you're looking at it. Well, I hear that. Well, we actually do have someone joining us on the on the Skype line, of course. And I believe he would be the Bronx father, Tony Mirabella. What's going on, dude? Hey, guys. What's up? Not much, man. We're talking about golfing tonight. We, we've decided that no wrestling talk tonight. We're going to talk about golf. Yeah. Exclusively well, golf. Whether I've... whether you play it virtually or on the course, we're just going to talk about golf. Fuck it. Well, if you want to talk more about heat, I could tell you, because it's hot as hell here, too. Well, it's hot everywhere. Yeah. Unfortunately. It's summer, motherfucker. It's supposed to be hot. Fucking out, go. Curly, Curly tells me that he hears rumors, rumors, finger quotations. Rumors? That, rumors, that uh, Bound for Glory is going to be in Phoenix. What are you talking about? Hot. Wow, that would be pretty hot. Yeah. Well, at least the arena will be air-conditioned, I believe, right? I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it's going to be indoors, so... I don't know. I just, I, I didn't dislike Raw last night. There were some things I did like about it, but it's just one of those shows that I feel like if I hadn't seen it, it wouldn't matter. Well, allow me to make an observation, and correct me if I'm wrong. Feel free to agree, disagree, tell me to fuck off. Oh, wait, I don't want to fight with you on the air, so I probably shouldn't say that. Um, I'm too tired to fight. <laughs> no, anyway, um, 
my observation is this. Watching Raw last night, I, I almost felt like the pay-per-view should have been this Sunday. Because to me, in, in certain angles, it seemed like they were tying it up into a go-home show last night as opposed to maybe next week. It, it just To me, it seemed like the go-home show. Damn. I don't know, but when your favorite part of the night for the last three weeks is, I'm the one-man band! Then that's scary. Well, I know why that was your favorite part. I know why that was your favorite part. (laughs) Why? Uh, Because Jericho was in the doink outfit. Oh, I was told that was uh, the Brooklyn Brawler. Well, I don't know, man, because doink got pinned regardless, and the only guy I know that gets pinned more than Heath Slater is Chris Jericho. So I figured it was probably probably Chris Jericho... (laughs) Uh, throwing on the doink makeup and then coming back out later as Chris Jericho, but I, I don't know, man. I, I did hear it was it was the Brooklyn Brawler, but uh... I'm the one man band, baby. <laughs> the reason I said damn before when you said that, JJ, is not at your comment. It's just that I was actually considering saying that when we recap later that it it's scary. I, we think alike. It seemed like a go home show, didn't it? Like the, you would, you would think. I don't know where y'all got that from. If you were watching that and you didn't, you didn't know better, you'd swear there was a pay per view this Sunday. You'd check I'll tell you what I did do. Sunday morning, I was making some bacon and eggs and they weren't Canyon style gay, gay bacon and eggs, but, uh, I'm sitting in the kitchen with a spatula in my hand. I'm making some eggs and I went, shit, it's Sunday. Is there a pay-per-view done? Do I have to do a show tonight? Is there anything going on tonight? I had to run in here and jump on the computer and look because I couldn't remember. But I, I just, I don't know, man. I'm not trying to be Nancy negative here, but I mean, it's just, fuck. Come on, do something. It's like, I know we're in the summertime and it's, you know, when they usually have their, their lull or their, their, their down period, but shit the bed, Fred. Seriously, if you didn't watch that show last night and the pay-per-view was this Sunday, you wouldn't have missed anything. That's true. That's true. I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and, uh, let's go ahead and jump into the, uh, the raw recap, I guess. Hang on a second. I'm navigating to computer. There was so. a beginning, a raw, and an end. There you go. All right, good night. I'm out. It's time for your WNL Monday Night Raw Recap with Don Brooks, the Bronx Father. All right, fellas. Raw started off, uh, they announced that Teddy Long would be the GM this week for Raw and SmackDown. Holla, 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 player. Exactly. We see the, um, quote unquote recap of last week of John Cena getting his ass kicked by the big show yet again. And, uh, guess what? We start Monday Night Raw with quite a few of the Money in the Bank participants coming out and giving their say, starting, of course, with who else? John Cena. Chris Jericho said something last week that was absolutely the truth. I've never been in a Money in the Bank match. 
He said, I needed to prepare for what Money in the Bank was all about. And in Money in the Bank, anything can happen. And last week, that's exactly what happened. As I'm fighting for my life against Chris Jericho, I suddenly have to deal with the giant big show. Last week was my crash course education in what money in the bank is. You see, when the reward is a championship contract, you have no friends, only enemies. And you, you, you guys are just like me because after my education last week, I know exactly what's going to happen at Money in the Bank. I need to be prepared for anything. I need to be prepared for, for giants, for heavy metal singers, for tables, for ladders, for chairs, for monsters, for body parts flying everywhere, and I will be. I stand by what I said last week at Money in the Bank. Two things happen. First, not only does Big Show lose, but he goes home an empty-handed sewage baby. Second, I will grab that contract, I will cash in that contract, and I will become the next WWE Champion. I have no idea what a sewage baby is. I think that was his uh, sly way of saying a rancid piece of shit, considering it's a PG product. Yeah. If, okay. if I had to make an observation. I lost it in translation. I did not know that either. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, most people wouldn't get that. I just figured I'm, a little baby sitting in the sewer going, meh. A sewage meh. baby. Playing, <laughs> playing in shit water. Wouldn't that be the penguin from Batman Returns? Wah. No, wah. he was wah, wah, wah. The baby goes, meh, meh. Pretty close, Trey. Pretty close. <laughs> not in my world. Not in my world. It's, it's fucking apples and oranges. Continue, Bronx Father. Okay. When Cena gets done to a chorus of himself screaming, not meh, but yes, 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 about 10 Holy fuck. billion, wah, 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 trillion, wah, wah. zillion fucking times, this man comes out and tells us what he's got to say about money in the bank. Actually, Cena, I didn't even realize you were out here. I mean, look at you. You're not relevant to me. Actually, that's not, that's not entirely true. Because at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, I will defeat CM Punk and become the new WWE Champion! And if, if you manage to get your hands around that, then your relevance to me will be as the first superstar ever to cash in your Money in the Bank contract and lose. And that's the second week that they've alluded to that. About now, when this happened, I'm sorry, Brock, but when this happened and Brian came out, the first thing I thought of was shut the fuck up. The second thing... <laughs> The second thing I thought was, why are you coming out and interrupting Cena? You're not even in the ladder match. Yes, right. yes, but the point of him coming out and interrupting Cena is that John Cena made the claim that when he wins money in the bank, he right. will cash it in that very night and become the new champion. I Daniel Bryan that. is but in what a they title were doing match. Was they, were try- they were trying to set up 
the tag match for later in the night. I understand that. No, 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 no. They, they weren't. They were actually setting up for Daniel Bryan saying he was going to win the belt. And then when John Cena cashed it in and he was the champion, there was no way in hell he was going to beat him. I understand that. I'm just saying they didn't need to have, to me, they didn't need to have those two. Those two should be worried about each other, not everybody else. No. I mean, I, I'm talking about CM Punk and Brian Dan- and Daniel Bryan. I mean, they, they they should be worried about themselves, not who's going to win what match and might win what match later. Yeah, but everybody's got to puff the chest, you know, pound the chest, and you know, strut, you know, make themselves out to be the bad, you know, the bad guy. Now, so. I, I did enjoy the uh, Jericho interaction. That was pretty good. Well, speaking of another guy, you guys uh, alluded to it a moment ago. Another guy who is not going to be participating in the ladder match, but for me kind of saved, started to save things on the microphone anyway. The next gentleman to step out into the ring is none other than CM Punk. I can think of a lot more than just one that disagrees with Daniel. I mean, do I disagree with Daniel? Yes! John! Do you disagree with Daniel? Yes. Does Jerry Lawler disagree with Daniel? Uh, yes. <laughs> Does the guy selling popcorn up there disagree with Daniel? Yes. Does this side of the crowd disagree with Daniel? Does this side disagree with Daniel? That's enough! About this that side. Is no, 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 no! Yes! 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 That is enough! Yes! That is enough! Yes! That is enough! Yes! Stop yes! Stop it! Yes! Stop it! That is enough! I am begging! I am begging someone around here to have one original thought and not just steal. My catchphrase. But you want an original thought? Your ex-girlfriend AJ happens to be the special guest referee for our match at Money in the Bank. And she is going to count your shoulders down to the mat. One, two, three. How's that for an original thought? And if you win the Money in the Bank ladder match, John Cena, well, I guess it just comes down to me and you again, doesn't it? And he just did what kind of what Daniel Bryan did and what AJ, uh, J, AJ, JJ was alluding to is, you know, saying whatever goes down and you have us in your sights, we're going to be ready for your ass. Now, I do want to say one thing. One thing that could have made that segment a little bit better in my eyes is when he said, is the guy selling popcorn in the top row, what does he think about it? Did he even bite? <laughs> some guy named Norm should have been standing there. Uh, Hi, my name is Norm, and I sell popcorn at the event. Um, yes. I think that would have been great. Absolutely. That would have been brilliant. Or just had, you know, had the popcorn guy, or not even had, he didn't have to be actually Mike, but. Just have CM Punk say, and it's the popcorn guy up there agree. And then just have some voice come over the PA. Yes! <laughs> or have the popcorn guy, like, grab a piece of oak tag from a fan and just write a huge yes on it and hold it up. 
That would be cool, too, yeah. But coming out next, and, you know, this guy, I haven't seen this guy in a long time. I don't know who the guy who looked like him, who was back a few months ago, who the hell that was. But as far as I'm concerned, Chris Jericho made his true return last night. That's not an original thought, Punk. Here's an original thought. You're still a wannabe. And Brian, if you're talking about people stealing your catchphrases, I wouldn't complain about it. It happens to me all the time. No offense, Mr. Best in the World. <laughs> uh, n- none taken, Mr. Bon Jovi. <laughs> As I was saying, Brian, instead of complaining and using the same tired one word over and over again, you just have to think of some other catchphrases. That's all you need to do. Think of some other catchphrases that you can use, not just the Listen, same. Listen, nobody asks you to be a part of this conversation. Would you please shut the hell up? And allow me to welcome all of you to Raw is Jericho! And after tonight, none of you in this ring will ever, ever be the same again. Again. That is the Ayatollah Arangarola. Hell yeah. You just need a little extra arrows in your quiver, kid. That's all you need to do. And as for you, Cena, you're right. You need to be better prepared. You need to be better prepared to know that since I invented the money in the bank ladder match, that therefore I'm going to win the money in the bank ladder match. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I dare you or you or you or anybody to come down to this ring and tell me otherwise. And after that, Kane does come down to the ring and just says, otherwise. And that was all we got from Kane. Um, after that, the big show comes out and basically just clears the ring, guys. Takes out everybody. Uh, it looks like, despite the loss to John Cena, they still want to push the big show as a monster. And uh, they did a pretty good job of it last night. I agree with when you dropped a bomb in the middle of the ring and everybody else just kind of blew up. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but our first match of the night was the primetime players, of course, with AW, with David Otunga and Cody Rhodes in an eight-man tag against Santino Morella, Christian, R-Truth, and Kofi Kingston. And again, again, halfway through the match, the primetime players walk off. Basically, um, apparently they had AW mic'd. And trying to pull like a Jimmy Hart while he's talking shit to his guys during the match, giving them instruction. And he tells them basically, we don't need this. Let's get the hell out of here. And they leave. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. They leave the other guys basically to the wolves. And, um, your winners are the baby faces after a cobra. Yes. Another cobra. And at the end, poor David Otunga 
gets attacked by everybody, including Brodus Clay, who came out and started beating on Otunga as well. Am I mean, I, I don't know what this... I call my mama. Am I the only one that felt bad for David Otunga last night? I mean, I, this no. guy, I felt bad for him. I felt like he was, he was the fish on cell block D at the first day of prison. You know, I mean, everybody oh. wanted a piece of that ass. You know, I mean, everybody was throwing him back in the ring. He couldn't get away. You know, Brodus hits him with the big splash. I, I am so sick of the fucking Cobra. It's not even funny. That move is the gayest move, and I'm sorry if Glad gets pissed off at that. And, hey, I got no problem with anybody that's uh, that's homosexual, so don't take it derogatory. To JJ Sexy at Wrestling News Live. Don't take com. anything derogatory, but, I mean, Let's be serious. I know Andy hey, seems take to a think, dick, take a joke. That's right. Andy thinks that when he hits the Cobra, he's hitting the guy in the throat. He's not coming anywhere close to the throat. He's hitting him in the top of the head with the beak of his fucking hand. It's like he's doing a uh, finger kiss to their lips. The fucking worm has more <laughs> impact than the Cobra. Well, welcome to my world. It's only taken you a few weeks to catch up to me, but hey. No, no, I've been there for a while. I'm so sick of Santino as the U.S. champion, it's not even funny. So you're Adam, saying- and I, Adam, and I, Adam and I actually debated this on that little three-hour podcast that you catch on WrestleView.com, the roundtable with me and Adam, uh, for the first time since the breakup, I guess. Um he says the belts are meaningless, and I think if that's the case, then just stop watching. Well, you know, here's my problem with that argument. If the belts are meaningless, then what's the point of a feud? I, I mean, really, what's the point? A lot of people, their goal in professional wrestling when they get in the business is to be the champion. So if the belts are meaningless, then other than having a stupid feud with this guy over nothing, then what... Is there to feud over? I mean, sometimes in wrestling, you're going to have a guy that just rubs somebody the wrong way or has rubbed another man's rhubarb, and it's time to go to the ring and, and you know, put up your dukes. Fucking, I got no dukes. But, I mean, sometimes you got to go in the ring and just, you know, solve a, a dispute. But the rest of the time, it should be about advancement, climbing the food chain. That's why I think... You know, these PWI 5,000 fucking lists of wrestlers and shit, you know, they're, they're meaningless in the grand scheme of things. But I think that, you know, if the WWE had their top 20 more, you know, it's, it's, it's in every WWE video game, the ranking system. You know, you can see where you rank or you're the wrestler you're playing ranks and it's, you know, chase for the title. If I, I mean, I almost wish, in a way, that there was a WWE top 20 list for every belt, and it was made more a part of the show to try to advance on that list. Because then you're, 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 you're you know, it's kind of like taking the Bound for Glory series and making it year-long, but not adding up points, just adding up wins and losses. You know, everybody gets into this Bound for Glory thing because it's like a miniature tournament type thing. Well, shit, it should be that way all year, really. You know, I mean, it should be that way all year round. You should always be trying to win. You know, it's like any more loss is just, oh, well, I lost. So what? Fuck it. I got counted out. Big deal. Fuck it. I don't care. 
You know what I mean? But I mean, it, it should be to where wins and losses are a bigger deal in this profession. Maybe if that were the case, maybe if they had a visible list of what you're fighting for, matches that didn't involve titles would mean more. Matches that involve titles might mean more. And holding a certain title might mean more. It can't hurt. Yeah. No, I could see that. Well, you know, again, you know? Uh, again, it goes back to the argument that we're not watching professional wrestling anymore. It is entertainment. entertainment. It's a t- no, it's, not, it's not even sports entertainment to me anymore. It's just a TV show that has John Cena as the main character, and everybody else plays a role. Santino is the goofball that runs around and beats people with a fucking cobra that's so ridiculous it's not even funny. Well, um, yeah, I mean, it's not even a claw at the end of it. Like, when Foley puts Socko on, at least, you know, he's trying to do something. But Cobra's just... <sighs> you know, apparently we've started a new drinking game in the chat room. Every time I say I am so sick of something, you should take a drink. So, let's go ahead and continue with this, Mib. I am so sick of anonymous Mib bitches in my chat room who want to talk shit on me. <laughs> I am so sick of gutless cowards who have nothing better to do than try to bring the tone of the show down. Go fuck yourself. Bye-bye. I got one. How about every time a mib acts like a complete, utter douchebag asshole, we take a drink. And when that happens, we'll all drop dead of alcohol poisoning and the mibs will be happy because there'll be no more fucking shows. I got one. I am so sick of bitching about this chat room. It's like fucking banging my head into a fucking concrete wall why we still have a chat room that allows people to anonymous, anonymously come in and say shit is beyond me isn't there a fucking million plus chat formats out there pretty much why do, why do we have the one chat program that allows you to come in and be a complete douchebag anonymously and you know not be held accountable for it well, I think it can be configured to not do that. We'll have to get together and talk about that. But you know what? Oh, I, shit, the show's only been going there on this network for about three years now. What's the fucking holdup? I I don't know. It's just let's not even worry about it. But um, <laughs> to, my God, to move back on. to the back to the cluster fuck that was Monday Night Raw. Yeah, let's let's get on with it. Uh, in the back, we see Alberto Del Rio. There you go. With Theodore Long, and uh, basically Long says the board says that Del Rio is the number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship, and he's going to fight Sheamus, of course, at the pay-per-view. And uh, Teddy says, even though the board has decided that, I can decide to put you in a match tonight. And that match is Del Rio versus Sin Cara, and God damn, I don't know when Sin Cara pissed in Del Rio's Cheerios. But holy shit, this match never happens. Del Rio just goes apeshit nuts and beats the living hell on the inside and outside of freaking Sin Cara. I mean, I, I don't know where that came from, but Del Rio... Why is it that, why is it that Del Rio could only wrestle Mexicans? Maybe it's in his visa? I don't know. I mean, why, why is it he can only squash Mexicans? Well, you know, I, I think that the whole Sin Cara thing was to really hammer the point home that they knew each other from Mexico, and Del Rio really wanted to look strong. 
And I, I loved what he did to uh, to Sin Cara last night. Oh, it was oh I did too. I have no qualms with what he did. I thought it was, you know, they need to make Devil Rio stronger. But, fuck, I, I, you want to play a drinking game? How many times was fucking Del Rio going to wrestle that motherfucker in our lifetime? Well, yeah, again, you know, Sin Cara only seems to be able to wrestle with uh, certain countrymen of his. You know, he still hasn't got the English language ma- uh, mastered, I guess. I don't know, but I, I just, I think what they did with him last night was fantastic. That's the Del Rio that I want to see more of. Yeah, me too. I want to see him go out there and be a bad motherfucker. No, no beef with that whatsoever. One of the highlights of the night, actually. Actually, when we're done with the Raw recap, I, I've got a little scenario I want to I throw at everybody involving Alberto Del Rio. So, WWE, if you're listening, uh, you know, you can write me the check later. Absolutely. Yeah, well, good luck with that, man. <laughs> yeah, okay, when it happens breath, on TV, you heard it here first. Oh, well, like, what, 20 of the other fucking angles that have happened on TV that were heard here first? Pretty much. I'm still waiting for my royalty check. Come on, brother, needs a new gazebo. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or as Lexi calls it, a gazebo. I just paid for a chair that is the price of a fucking brand new car. That's true. I did. You're absolutely right. It's got all other interior. It just doesn't go anywhere. And uh, doesn't it snow like ten and a half months a year where you live? We have two seasons of Calgary. <laughs> Winter and springish. Yeah. Springish. Oh, man. I, I wouldn't mind that at this point, man. <laughs> as hot as oh, it is. Oh, here. it's all fine and dandy till it's minus 40 degree weather. I love it. That's why I'm moving, I'm, I'm moving to Florida. Bronx will be buried in a fucking snowdrift somewhere. No. You can come dig me out. I don't know <laughs> about that. I don't know about that, Cyclops. Bastard. Speaking of Cyclops. Oh, boy. Did you see the new Marvel Now poster that was put out today? I didn't. What's up? They have changed the costumes and the configurations of a lot of your Marvel favorites. Cyclops is in an all-red... Okay, imagine if Deadpool was just all-red, that type of bodysuit. With the mouth cut out, there's a hole for his mouth. And there's a big, bright X that goes across the bridge of his nose and over where his eyes would be. And that's what he shoots out of. What the fuck? It's all red with the X-Men belt buckle and the big X on his face. That's the new Cyclops. Apparently now, Thor is a ninja. Because Thor has dueling swords on his back, not to mention the hammer. Oh, what? Have we changed another ethnicity? Is Thor now Asian? No, no, he's still whatever he is. But um, the new Nick Fury is more streamlined. He looks more like he's got on an all-black suit that's got something on the chest that almost looks like the Punisher. Is he white or black? He's wearing a suit? He's black. Yeah, it's an all-black spandex-looking jumpsuit. Wolverine didn't change hardly at all. Iron Man got... I think he's more black than red. All right, this sounds awesome. I will... uh, 
I'll get you a little linky poo here. I'll show it to you. Well, let's let's finish the raw recap. Go ahead. Oh man. All right. We have a backstage segment where uh, AJ is seen putting on CM Punk wristbands, and Daniel Bryan comes out to try to sweet talk her, but AJ says basically, "You never really cared about me. You never gave a damn about me." And she basically walks away. And then we get our answer. Well, sort of. Not to if will Brock Lesnar accept um, Triple H's challenge, but when he will finally tell us if he's going to accept the challenge. Now it's the moment of truth. We understand joining us live now at WWE Studios in Stamford, Connecticut, is Brock Lesnar's longtime representative, Paul Heyman. Paul, the question is simple. Will Brock accept the challenge? I, I am pleased to announce that my client, Brock Lesnar, has made a decision regarding Triple H's challenge to a match at SummerSlam. And it's a decision that Brock Lesnar will deliver straight to Triple H's face in three weeks at the 1000th episode of Monday Night Raw. What a fitting occasion for such a momentous decision. Now, I have absolutely no doubt that Triple H does want to face Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, but not for the reasons that everyone's probably thinking. Will Triple H need the money to combat the lawsuit that I'm filing against him for putting his hands on me? Oh, I assure you he will. But there's something much bigger going on here. Why? Why would Triple H want to face Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam? I have it all figured out. It's Triple H's way out. It's his exit strategy. It's so Triple H never, ever has to face a beating in the ring again, because if Brock Lesnar accepts this challenge, he will end Triple H's in-ring career. And then, then Triple H will be able to go on and be the corporate executive, the heir apparent the loving father, the, the doting husband. And everyone around him will be telling Triple H how he was the last of an era and went out on his shield, how he went down in a blaze of glory courageously against Brock Lesnar. Because if Brock Lesnar accepts this match at SummerSlam, it won't be a match. It'll be a mercy killing. That, you know, that, that was fucking brilliant. I mean, I had a pl Heyman is so fucking good. It's sick. When it comes to just being evil and being like manipulative, I love the hell out of that promo. I don't know why. <coughs> Excuse me. They need stables in wrestling. I always say. Why Paul Heyman doesn't have about four or five young guys under him doing his bidding with the heavy hitter of Brock Lesnar on his own, helping the other guys out when he can, is beyond me. And when he finished that promo, and I'm sorry, it just didn't translate well, so I'll describe it. He laughed like evil just for fucking like 10, 15 well, I mean, and straight. You, you you get like four or five guys that aren't great on the stick and need to learn. Put them with Paul Heyman and let him be their fucking mouthpiece, man. 
You know, Bronx makes a good point. It reminded me that that laughing he did at the end reminded me so much of the Austin Powers Doctor Evil. <laughs> We're cut. We're off. No, no. You had me at hello. No. <laughs> That's pretty damn good right there. Anyway, it's announced that Kane will uh, face the big show in a no disqualification match later on on Raw. <laughs> now we have a match with Vicky Guerrero, who comes out as Queen Diva, and Dolph Ziggler versus crazy ass little AJ and Sheamus. Poor Sheamus. Sheamus and AJ win as AJ ends up pinning Vicky. And uh, then in the back, AJ sees Punk on his cell phone, and she's like, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? And finally, he's like, I'm talking to my sister. And she's like, did you watch my match? And he goes, uh, no, I was on the phone with my sister. And she gets pissed off that he didn't see her match, and she just stomps off. She has so, to be the center of attention. Who hasn't dated a girl like that in their life? Oh, my God. Who hasn't dated five or six of them? No shit. I, I'll tell you. AJ's <sighs> Raw. She's the most entertaining thing on Raw right now, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. You know. And again, again, it goes back to this. You want to start a drinking game, Mib? Here's one for you. The WWE. Follow the bouncing ball, kids. The WWE, like JJ said, is a sitcom with one main star, John Cena. And everything revolves around the day in the life of John Cena and his quest to do whatever it is at the time. Everything else is filler fluff. They have very few storylines for you to focus on. They have one or two major storylines, and everybody else fills time to get from A to B. What's the deal with AJ? The deal is, I want to put it in her pooper. Damn. Yeah, I won't even repeat the shit Trey was saying in chat. <laughs> not, not for air. Yeah. No See, why, why do you think that for so long the Raw recap had the Seinfeld music? Because to me, that's what the show is. It's Seinfeld. It's a show about nothing but John Cena. I agree. You know, his stupid, his stupid, like come out and goofy one minute serious the next minute promos it just doesn't work it just well, doesn't work and it's me. like it's like he said like two weeks ago his target audience is nine years old they laugh at that funny little voice that he does when he talks like this he's got the promo he's talking like this you know what then, then, then i have a perfect idea for the WWE. if they want to capitalize on the fact that john cena appeals to nine-year-olds then why don't they do uh, a Bozo the Clown type show with Doink the Clown or maybe even John Cena so we can go and talk to all the little kids. Hey, little kids, it's me, John Cena. How's everybody doing today? It's Howdy Unity time with John hey, Cena. Hey, kids, we're going to talk about condoms. Hey, kids, you can't see me. <laughs> and if you want to continue not seeing me, make sure you rap little Jimmy. Huh? This special service announcement was brought to you by John Cena. That went over Bronx's head. What? <laughs> <laughs> but 
no, I hear what you're saying, man. It's just, it, it, it's so Cena heavy, and I, you know, I can see what's coming. It's, it's, it's like if they did a WWE animated show like they did with Hogan and all them, John Cena would be the main. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, don't give him ideas. He'd be the, the main the main character, and he'd be eating his you know cereal and taking his vitamins and praying at the end of the night and doing the right thing no matter what. Yeah, I, you I know, hear you. If, if the WWE could, they they would they would do a, a a cartoon based on John Cena like Popeye, you know, where he's the <laughs> underdog and he eats his spinach and boom, he's got the muscles and he beats everybody. I mean, <laughs> I mean why not? Over in the over in the corner, there'd be an animated Dre dog fucking the shit out of AJ while we wow. played World of Warcraft. There you go. You be- I can't watch John Cena now without thinking of Popeye. He's got the jaw like him, too, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I am what I am. Hey, if, if you want to see a good Popeye, go watch uh, Robin Williams and Popeye the movie from, like, 1982 or 3. Oh, hell yeah. That was such a good movie. I love that movie. Me too, man. Some of my yes. fondest childhood memories were watching that. Robin Williams to go backstage and snort a line of coke the length of the baby's arm. Shelly Duvall made that fucking movie, too. Ah, and, and this ties into professional wrestling, because guess who was actually in the movie? Oh, yeah. man, I haven't seen it in so long. King Kong Bundy. He was, that's right. And it ties into Storage Wars. Does it? Yeah, okay. because in one of the Storage Wars that the father and son buy, they think it's going to be a shit locker, and they find one of the, the a pair of boots that were worn by Shelley Duvall in the movie Popeye. I'll be damned. Yeah. Damn. Shifty knows what I'm talking about. See, there he goes. Boom. See, we just tied the Popeye movie and Storage Wars to Monday Night Raw. Six right degrees here. of separation. What other show does that? Just us. Not one just that us. gets a lot more viewers and ratings that, that we don't. <laughs> Everybody turned us off at, what'd you do this weekend? <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But hey, you know what the hell? Fucking I don't care anymore. Like Raven says, you know, that's Wrestling News Live. Yeah, those are kind of stupid, but what the hell? Oh my God. It just kind of works, doesn't it? You know, speaking of stupid hosts of this show... That's not me, by the way, making all that racket. That'd be a different stupid host. Um, I saw a picture of JSK's daughter today. Oh, yeah? Well, that poor girl never had a chance. <laughs> oh, man. Jade, I love you, but you look so much like your dad, it fucking scares me. I saw those, yeah. <laughs> she does. She looks so much like JSK. He couldn't deny that girl if he tried. Maybe I'll get a picture of her and put her on the SNS Facebook for all the uh, JSK fans. She's growing up like a weed, man. She's growing up fast. Makes me feel fucking older than dirt. They do, man. I can't believe I got a five-year-old. She's going to be six next year. It's just amazing to me. And see, what's funny is is that I, I you know, listen to JJ talk about his kids and you know, my friends, my brother talk about their kids and blah, 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 blah. 
I'm like, okay, whatever. And then their kids are all going to be growing up. I'm going to finally have one. I'm going to be like, help! No it's, manual. What do you do? I, I'll, I'll, I will be surprised if you ever have kids. I just don't see you as the father type. I would see I am, though. That's what's really funny. is, and I really would like to have... If I could have... I mean, I don't mean to sound so vulgar when I say this, but if I could have sex with a hot, athletic chick and then get rid of her and keep the baby... I'd almost be down for that. <laughs> you know, I don't want to deal with the mother. <laughs> Go away. I wouldn't mind having a baby. And I'm thinking because, you know, my dad was adopted, my sister was adopted. I'm thinking about adoption down the road. But I don't know if they'll let me give the kid Mountain Dew and cigarettes and, and an Xbox controller and just put him in a chair and say, here. Probably not. Probably wouldn't work that way. I mean, fucking like Oom Boom Boo, he's a mess. You don't fuck that kid up. I just have partial custody of him. He goes back and forth to Mosquito Land. Oh, my God. What? You are a vicious bastard, man. (laughs) Well, what the fuck? They got mosquitoes there. I wasn't saying anything. Well, so do we. Yeah, but theirs are like pterodactyls. (laughs) You don't think of America and think of mosquitoes. I think uh, of Africa. I think yeah. of Africa. I think of little pop belly kids, fucking snot boogers all down their fucking face. Wow! Mosquitoes, mosquitoes big enough to fucking carry them off. Wow! Jesus. I don't. I don't know about the mosquitoes. I remember the flies from the Sally Struthers commercial. Wait, she ate all those. Oh, you know what kills me about that? You know, Sally. Sally Struthers. You know, donate today. You know, be be a be a hero. You know, Bitch, be left one of your donuts. I, I'm almost afraid. It's like South Park, where you know Sally Struthers has like fucking cheesies and fucking ding dongs and shit in the warehouse from all the money that people send, and she's the one eating all the shit. It's just it, it depresses me. Why is everybody surprised that I would say something like that? You racist bastard. Let's move on. It's got nothing to do with racism. They'd be like saying. You know, the crime rate is fucking horrible in Harlem or some shit. Well, yeah, it is. You know, I wish I could get Lance Storm to cut us a promo just so we could use it for a sounder. Could I be racist for a moment? <laughs> Instead of- I, I, I don't know why that's so fucking wild. I, it's it's not like I'm saying falsities. Yeah, true that, true that. Anyway, let's let's move on with this because this this is going way longer than I'm. I'm more on, more on the mosquitoes later. Yeah, mosquitoes. We're out. Well, mosquitoes and shit. You know, I don't didn't fit that in. I'm sorry. Speaking of mosquitoes, how about that Monday Night Raw? I didn't get any hate mail this week from the Asians, so I guess we need to piss somebody else off. We actually did. We did get something from someone who was one of our Asian listeners on the Wrestling News Live page. Oh really? Yeah, he wow. said he said I'm an Asian listener. LOL. His name Honestly? was Eric Yip. So he got cool. it. You got it. It's all good. I don't remember what the fuck I said, but it wasn't nice. Well, it was alright. Anyway, true, let's let's let, let's wrap this, please. I, I'm I'm so done with Raw. Let's, he let's was, finish. He was probably listening while he played Dance Dance Revolution. Probably. Well, we have Heath Slater in the ring, and he, I'm a one man band. He goes up against Doink the Clown. To the disappointment of quite a few people. I'm not no clown. I'm not no clown. 
And anyway, he ends up beating Doink. Yeah, because I, I thought for a second, if they actually put Doink over this kid, he has no future whatsoever. There's no recovering from that. Well, the rumor no. the rumor is there's a big payoff for the 1,000th episode of Raw with this. You know, with him taking on Legends every week, there's some big payoff they have planned for the... What do you what do you propose that might be? I don't know. I have no clue. You don't even put on your fucking predicty pants? No, I'm not even going to... I want to be surprised on this one. Wow. I, I don't want to get my hopes up, to be honest with you. You've got something in mind already. I just... I want to see where it goes. You got something in mind already. You're not sharing with the class. You brought one piece of bubble gum to the party. But thank goodness after he beats Doink, who comes out but SNS and WNL alumni, Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah. A massive ovation. You want to talk about a guy who looks like a billion bucks and can make fucking change? DDP looks great. Comes out. Gets in the ring. He does a diamond cutter sign. Slater does a diamond cutter sign. They shake hands and hug. And quick, I mean, Orton ain't got nothing on this motherfucker. Quick as a cat, bang. Diamond cutter and Heat Slater is laid out right in the center of the ring. Hey, dude. I'm telling you right now, DDP can still be on TV. DDP can still go. Bada bing, bada bam, bada and, boom. And, and one thing that pissed me off about that whole thing, and I mentioned it in the chat last night, and JJ might have my answer. I doubt it, but he might. And I realized that DDP had a small run in WWE after they bought WCW. It was a fucking horrible run. It was a fucking, even DDP didn't like it. It was worthless. The whole fucking stalker thing and then he was a tag champion for a while with canyon it was just dumb anyway why didn't they use his fucking self high five wcw theme because as soon as that fucking music hit down to down 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 everybody would have fucking exploded you know i mean granted everybody knew he was there because it was on every dirt sheet in the on the planet and he tweeted that he was there gonna be on raw so we all knew it was coming, and we expected him to be there at that point, and he got a huge pop regardless. But why the fuck not play his music? You bought WCW, you own everything therein. Why not play that fucking theme? Because he was in WWE and had his own theme, and that's that's the problem. But this, you could play me ten songs right now, and I couldn't pick that motherfucker out without him talking to it. I agree. I completely agree with you, but at the end of the day... When WWE has somebody under contract, they're going to use the music that they used and not the WCW or any other music. It, it, just don't do that shit. That's that not just, how they that, Well, that's, that's just a dumb fucking mis- decision. Because they didn't want it to be WCW DDP. They wanted it to be WWE DDP. Big difference. It's, all, uh, it's well. all about image and it's all about fucking... WWE DDP was there for a cup of coffee and a fucking bad run. And that's not a bad thing, Trey. That's a good that's a thing. Good, that's fucking. That's a gay thing. <laughs> fabulous. Yeah, that's fucking fabulous. Fabulous. Well, anyway, those fans weren't cheering for WWE DDP. I guarantee you. No, they weren't. No way. Uh, we have our Big Show versus Kane. No disqualification match. Nobody cared. Yeah, Big Show just beat the shit out of Kane, choke slammed him on the steel chair. The although, although, oh, although, you want to hear something funny? I hate to cut you off. We, 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 know, we, we know what happened on this match, but let me tell you something that my daughter Sienna says to me. She says, Daddy, money. 
um, why are they fighting? And I said, because Big Show's a bad guy now, and apparently Kane's a good guy, kind of. She goes, but remember when they were tag team partners and Alberto Del Rio ran over the Big Show and Kane was worried about the Big Show and he came to his aid and was screaming, oh, we got to help the Big Show, we got to help the Big Show. I'm like, yeah, but the, the WWE doesn't want you to remember that, baby. You're supposed to forget about that. Oh, okay. My 11-year-old daughter, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so proud of her. When she can see holes in the fucking show, you know there's a problem. That's awesome. That's awesome. So proud of that kid. Cool. No, that's cool. That's cool. And it just goes to show that, you know, we're not as dumb as you think. You know, the WWE is underestimating their young, even their younger fans. You know, that shows you how, how kind of dumb it's getting. But we, we see a returning Eve. She comes out to Teddy Long. She talks about, uh, Teddy Long talks about, you know, I think everyone forgot who you are. And I love this. He gives Eve that big I am Eve sign like he was forced to wear around that big ass name tag. And then Eve, again, runs into probably the most compelling character on Monday Night Raw right now, little AJ, and uh, they kind of start talking some major shit to each other. AJ! Wow, you've, you've been really busy lately, haven't you? Taking Not a plan? Maybe? <laughs> you know, we should probably leave the mind games to grown-ups. And you should do what little girls do best. Go sit in a corner and cry. <laughs> You'll do anything to get attention. Will you? What are you going to do now? You tried to butter up John Laurinaitis, and he's gone. So who is Eve going to brown nose next? You want to be in charge? You want to be a movie star? You want to be in reality shows? You will do anything to get attention. You want to see how to get attention? I'll Put on your pants. I'll show all of you. And, uh... That leads up to something that will come at the end of Raw, which, thank goodness, we're almost to. Uh, we have Fat Ass come out to uh, wrestle Tyson Kidd, and something that shocked the shit out of me. New drinking game. Every time Bronx says come, take a drink. <laughs> Every time he says what? Come. Come? He's already said it three times in the last five minutes. C-O-M-E or C-U-M? doesn't matter. It's pronounced the same way. Okay. Whatever. Fat ass comes out. He walks to the ring. That's four, by and the way. He gets pinned by Tyson Kidd. And I was like, really? And then I don't understand why when Fat Ass loses, he beats up little ball sack Moro. But what's his name? I don't know. Ball sack Moro. What the hell is his name? Ball sack. I don't know. <laughs> his name is ball sack. Something Moro. I don't know. That's what it sounds like to me. The little, the little delivery guy that he carries it's, around it's with It's Sakamoto. Oh, Sakamoto. Where the fuck did you get ball sack from Sakamoto? Well, it was either ball sack Moro or sock p- 
pap sock puppet Morrow. I have a few. No, what the hell? The only sock puppet on fucking Raw is the Cobra. Okay, come on, you're killing me. Oh fuck me, that just did me in right there, Mulsack. I'm done. But why does he beat up that little motherfucker when he loses? I mean, you want to talk about Bully Ray? This is like the tenth time. And you know what? It's really funny because this is a comedy telling you not to be a bully. That's right. That's right. It's it's irony. It's you ironic. Know, maybe, maybe, I feel sorry for the little guy. You know, maybe if you stop sucking down fucking cheeseburgers, you could win a match. You know that. That's, I told you. He gets a new tattoo for every cheeseburger he's eating that week. Black fly in your chardonnay. I believe it. He attacks Tyson Kidd. Death row pardon. Ten minutes too late. Isn't that ironic? Don't you think? AJ's bleeding when you get her on a date. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? Moving on. A too ironic. No, you ahead. know what? Harmony says to me, maybe they are giving Tyson Kidd a push. And I kind of knew that. Well, I have a bad feeling about this. I knew that they were going to kick his ass. I knew that Fat Ass was going to beat him up after the match. I knew it. I was like... Yeah, he, he's kind of getting the rub here. They put him in money in the bank. You know, and as much as I'd like to see Tyson Kidd get a push, he is, is going to be the uh, John Morrison, the Shelton Benjamin of the money in the bank match. He's going to be the guy that has probably the most, you know. Flippy do, hurly do, what's yeah. that Shawn Michaels calls it? The flippy do, whatever. He's going to have memorable moments in the ladder match, uh, in the money in the bank match. He's going to be the, the spot monkey that's going to be the thing that you remember. He's not going to win it. I'd love him to. Believe me. I would love to see that guy. He is nowhere near ready for that push, though. But I think that he's going to get a push when they bring out the network and put him on the Cruiserweight show, and he'll be like... Now, is Tensai fat ass? Is he already in Money in the Bank? Yes, he's qualified. Uh, See, what I was expecting was that he was going to take fucking Kid out to earn his spot. Nope. they're, They're both in it together. Okay. Well, guys, I'll wrap this up very quickly. Oh, I wish you would. Jesus Christ on a fucking chicken wing. Come on. It's already been an hour, so yeah, let's wrap it up. I mean, shit, we're not trying to go as long as the actual show did. Right. Well, Daniel Bryan, <laughs> we've been talking, you know, Daniel Bryan and Chris Jericho versus CM Punk and John Cena. Cena and Jericho basically just disappear during this match. They battle up up the crowd, and they're gone. AJ comes out. She pulls a table out from under the ring and sets it up under the turnbuckle. She climbs the turnbuckle to the top rope, threatens to throw herself through the table. And as CM Punk tries to stop her, and Daniel Bryan is right behind him, she kisses Punk, pushes him off the top rope, and he lands on Daniel Bryan. They both go through the table, and that's how we end Monday Night Raw. The only thing I wanted to see differently was her jump off the top and land on both of them while they were down there. Well, I mean, that's why I said it was kind of like a go-home show, because now you're like, well, she's the special guest referee, and she just took them both out. Now what happens next week? How could she top that next week going into the pay-per-view? Exactly. That should have been the finale going into the pay-per-view. So, to me, they, they really dropped the ball with this. I mean, I like what they did, but they did it a week too soon. But I'm not booking. Oh. We're not booking. We're just wrestling fans who watch an entertainment show. We, we don't know marks. anything. We're marks. We're smarks. We think we know everything. You know. I don't even know the difference between a mark and a smart. 
Uh, apparently, a mark is just a fan, and a smark is a smart mark. There you go. Well, who wants to be a dumbass at anything they do? Well, That's like you saying, you know. Yeah, I'd rather be a smart than a mark any day of the week. I want to be an uneducated baseball fan. <laughs> Smarky Mark. So, uh, letter grades, gentlemen, what did you think of the show? Oh, I'll go first. I was entertained by parts of it. Mainly AJ. You know. But I'm a horny man, so I like watching AJ prance around in those little short shorts. Light it up! So... I don't know. Um, if I back me up on this, AJ, if I wanted to, I could sit here and critique every fucking segment into the toilet and give it an F if I want to. By the same token, I can watch it as a fan, not a radio host, and give it a C, C plus. I'll give it a C plus. Bronxy. Um, I'll give it a B minus. I was, I was entertained by some, not about half of it. I mean, I like DDP. I like seeing Tensei get beat. And like I said, if AJ wasn't on that show last night, I'd have had no problem giving it an F. She, she's the best thing they got going right now, and that's saying something. A, a diva. Is the best well, thing they got going. And it wasn't even a diva that won her potential show that she was on. How ironic is that? It's pretty ironic. Uh, for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go B minus as well because I got to be honest. Shut I your mean, mouth. I thought AJ was a crucial factor. Um, I liked the ending. Again, I said it felt like a home uh, a go home show as opposed to uh, the week before the go home show. I enjoyed seeing DDP come out and hit the diamond cutter. That was awesome. Um, I, I I really enjoyed the main event match. I thought that you know all four guys did a really good job. Even the opening promo had its moments that I that I liked. So overall, uh, you know, despite the stupid Santino schlock, you know, and David Otunga getting squashed by you know fucking Brodus, who I could give two shits about, I'll go B minus. You know, but probably a better Raw in the last couple of weeks than I've seen. The last couple of weeks I thought were shitty, but. This week was a little bit better, so I'll, I'll go B minus. What the hell? Cool. So there you have it. And on that note, I think we're gonna take our first commercial break of the night. Yeah, yeah. So Bronx, you can stay on the line if you want, because when we come back, I've got a booking scenario I'm gonna throw at the WWE. Oh, okay. I'll hang save around. us, save us, JJ, save us. I might just have to. Well, that being said, you're listening to Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. We'll be right back right after this. <laughs> hey, everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Mary Dollar Man, and you're listening to WML Radio. Everybody's got a price. Everybody's going to pay. WrestlingOnline.com, the official news source of Wrestling News Live. You're looking for the latest news in the world of MMA and professional wrestling. Log on to www.wrestling-online.com and sign up for the largest and longest running newsletter 
on the internet today with over 26,000 subscribers and over 3,000 issues. And the best part, just like WNL, it's free! Once again, that's www.wrestlingonline.com. You know, in the world of pro wrestling radio, there's always someone out there who will always try to get under your skin. I want to really drive Andy to the point where he wants to choke me out. Because I'm going to drive him right off the edge of the cliff. They'll always try, but in the end, it always comes down to the truth. That moment when uh, Silent Rage blows the gasket, this match is over. You know, I'm really just a nice guy at heart. But... Don't piss me off, okay? I mean, come on. The truth is going to hurt someone. Catch your weekly search for the truth right here on the Pro Wrestling Rewind every Wednesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled to take you back in time. Host, ring announcer, Sean Beckerman, brings you Pro Wrestling Nostalgia, featuring classic moments and old school themes. So buckle up and go beyond the bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. It's go time. In 1989. Oh, no! Ah! The world had a burning question. Oh, what's that smell? <laughs> More than 20 years later, we discover the film that defined an era for the first time ever on DVD. Brother. Alberto Del Rio has everything money can buy. He swims in pools filled with champagne. He eats his nachos with only the finest caviar. He also has a personal ring announcer who does a lot more than announce. But at WWE Money in the Bank, he'll have to get his money the hard way. Earn it. Live Sunday, July 15th, only on pay-per-view.
vicious rotor animal, and you're listening to Wrestling News Live. <laughs> what a rush. And what a rush it is to be right back here on Wrestling News Live, live on the SNS Radio Network. Tuesday nights, baby. It's where it's at. I'm enjoying this run that we're having on Tuesday nights. But joining seeing a, a packed chat room of people that I haven't seen ever or heard of that are archive listeners. We appreciate you guys listening live. It's all it's all due to the new night and time. So I'm I'm happy with this move. I think it, it really has suited us well here on Wrestling News Live. Of course, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay, and I'm being joined by the host and founder of Wrestling News Live, the one, the only, the outlaw of the IWC. You love him, you hate him, but some of you just can't get enough of him, the motherfucking trade dog. Matter of fact, you can't get enough of me so much that you forced my hand to start a new show on Thursdays. I know, I didn't even know about it until I saw it on Facebook, believe it or not. Well, I know we had talked about it in the past, and I thought, you know... Now's as good a time as any to pull the trigger. But let me reiterate. It's going to be one hour. Don't show up 45 minutes late and go, oh, come on, stay on another hour. No, it's an hour long. Immediately following the TNA post show. And the phones will be open for the entire show. We will take phone calls. We'll interview some TNA guests. We will talk TNA and only TNA on TNA Chat Live starting this week, this Thursday, 10.30 Eastern, 9.30 Central, right here on the SNS Radio Network with yours truly, Flying Solo. In other words, folks, don't call in and talk about the WWE. Don't talk about this. You're going to talk about TNA. That's Total, it. nonstop action. And don't think that you're going to call and just go, hey, what's up? What's going on, man? Hey, Trey, remember that time, TNA, hey, uh, when uh, no. Chris Saban was uh, fucking Velvet Sky? That was cool, man. Oh, man. Damn. I will hang up on you. Come with, <laughs> come with, a, come with an opinion. Get in, get out. Make room for the next guy because it's going to go fast. Oh, and that's... we're going to try to set a uh, record for as many calls as we can possibly get in the show. I think I'm calling so him Thursday. Ready for it. I want to see if he hangs up on me when I do that. I'll hang up on you before you even get a chance to say it. I'll call from a phone number you don't know, bitch. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but that would mean you'd have to drive to a pay phone, and that could take hours. Now, no shit with what? the way you drive. He doesn't know my fucking phone number. I've got other phones around here, bitch. Yeah, but you're missing a point. I know you what you're trying to joke. say. The, the joke no, no, is... I, I heard it. I ignored it. Three hours late last week. <laughs> So tell the world what you told me about your plan for Alberto Del Rio that would change everything. Well, right now, I mean, they're doing a pretty good job with Alberto after this week. I was actually pleasantly surprised with uh, this vicious streak that Del Rio's got, you know, beating the shit out of Sin Cara before the match even started. You know, he's next in line for the World Heavyweight Championship. Do I think he's going to win it? No, I don't. But I think he's going to be good opposition for um, for Sheamus. It's probably going to be a pretty good match. 
after this is done, I have a direction for Alberto that I think would really benefit the company in more ways than one. I think that Alberto, for the longest time, has been misused. And I think that he needs to be built back up. Um, we're talking about a guy that's had a lot of injuries. He's a former WWE champion, twice. And he's a guy that has kind of missed a step or two, thanks to the booking. And I think this guy could be a main player. But before we get to him being a big player, I'm so sick of the damn Santino U.S. championship run. And I think that the WWE should take a page out of the old WCW's book. And this is what needs to happen. A couple weeks ago, we saw Santino Morella get defeated by Alberto Del Rio. I think that in the coming months, you really want something that's going to heat up the summer months. That after he loses his title shot and Sheamus retains the World Heavyweight Championship, you need to play off the fact that Santino has been beaten by Alberto Del Rio. I think that Del Rio needs to go out and be vicious as hell, destroy Santino Morella, become the United States champion, but when he wins the United States Championship, he needs to throw it down and say he's not interested in being the United States Champion. And he needs to debut this new belt or take the U.S. Championship and put like a Mexican flag on it and call it, you know, the Mexican International Heavyweight Championship or something. And upon doing this, he needs to bring Hunico and Camacho into a stable with him so that they can be his thugs that can help him retain this title and kind of get a little faction going. And he should basically go to Hunico and Camacho and say, you know what, we're sick of being stereotyped. This is the company that's had guys come out on lawnmowers. You guys are coming out on a BMX bike that's all pimped out. It's not about that. We're luchadors. We're, le we're Latinos. We're tired of being stereotyped. And then you have all the babyface American you know, players going after Alberto, trying to get the United States title back to where it needs to be. Prestige in the title. A reason to fight for something. So Alberto has taken this title, and he's just spit on the United States. And he calls it whatever he wants to call it. And you've got guys left and right going after Alberto, trying to take that title from him. It builds Alberto Del Rio up as a credible heel in the mid-card, getting ready to be elevated to that next level. And it also puts a little prestige back into whoever finally beats Alberto for the United States slash Universal Mexican Heavyweight Championship, whatever he wants to call it. And that is my booking scenario. Now, you kill two birds with one stone. And here's something else you throw into that pot. Del Rio goes against Sheamus at the next pay-per-view because he's the number one contender and he gets beat by Sheamus and returns to Teddy Long and says, Teddy, look, you know, I know I lost, but can I get a rematch, blah, blah, blah. And Teddy reaches inside his jacket pocket and pulls out a letter from the WWE Board of Directors that say they have given... Alberto Del Rio shot after shot, time after time again. And at this time, due to fairness to the rest of the roster, they're going to give other people shots 
at the title. And if he wants to get in line, he has to start from the bottom and work his way up. And they put him in some ridiculous match. You know, with... Well, you don't even do that. You just say, you know, we're going we're gonna to put you at the bottom and you got you to work your way up. And they put him in this ridiculous match that is just kind of like a Ryback match, you know, with some jobber that doesn't even have music or a name. And he runs through that guy and says, look, this isn't worth my time. I'll show you and I'll take on Santino and I'll take the U.S. title from him. Watch. And then he destroys Santino like he kind of did Sin Cara last night and takes the belt and announces it as the new Mexican International Championship. Wow, man, I'm enjoying this. You know what would be cool, too? I mean, now you got my creative juices flowing. You know what? When he wins the U.S. title... Don't ever say anything about your juices and flowing in the same sentence you sick ever fucking am. bastard. All right. Open Trey's leg. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> oh, he'll stop when he's he'll stop when he's finished. Ugh, I'm done. Anyway, I'd have Alberto, and mind you, only a few fans will get this. That's okay. You have him take that US title. You really want heat. Have him bring out a trash can and say, I know you've seen this before. And just have him throw that belt in, in the garbage and then say, you know what? I've got the type of money where anticipation of winning this belt against that idiot Santino, I had my own belt made up. And I mean, you have this really nice, don't make it stereotypical, I mean a really nice like Mexican championship made up. Shit, WWE has the money to do it. Mexican flag, all that. And have him say, the U.S. title is dead until until someone beats me. It is now the Mexican world title. Well, you don't, need, you don't need to say that. You just need to say that the United States doesn't matter. You know, this is this is the new standard bearer in the business. You don't. You should never say any. I mean, if you're if you're getting a promo like that, you're Alberto Del Rio. You're throwing the belt down. You never say, "Well, the U.S. title means shit until you beat me." True, right. true, true. Never say that. I mean, no, it doesn't happen that way. That's a given. I tell you what, be another interesting scenario. Now that you got me thinking about Del Rio. <laughs> Del Rio gets beat by Sheamus at the pay-per-view. Del Rio is called with uh, his lackey. What's his ring announcer's name? Rodriguez. Rodriguez. They are they show that show them pulling up backstage in some sweet fucking Rolls Royce. Alberto Del Rio and have you know, whoever the backstage interviewer is standing there waiting. And before they get there, cut to the backstage segment before they go to, when they go to commercial, Hey, there's a so-and-so with WWE raw super show. I'm backstage awaiting the arrival of Alberto Del Rio as he is being summoned to the office of the general manager and do this on the thousandth episode after they've named a new full-time general manager. Cause I'm assuming that's what, that's where they're going to do it. I've heard rumors that they're going to do it there. Let's say they announced Teddy Long just for shits and gigs as the new general manager. Holla, holla. Holla, holla, holla. Cut to commercial. They come back from break. Rolls Royce pulls in. 
it's Del Rio and uh, Dumbfuck. And the guy says, uh, Mr. Del Rio, uh, he goes, I don't have time for an interview. I'm busy. And he says, well, I'm not here to interview you, sir. I'm here to tell you that your presence is requested in uh, the office of the general manager. And he says, okay, and goes off. They cut back to programming, whatever. Have a scene in the, in the general manager's locker room or general manager's office where Del Rio comes in and says, look, Teddy, I'm glad you got the position of general manager, blah, blah, blah. Kiss his ass, kiss his ass. Say, hey, look, I... uh." I realize I lost the pay-per-view, but this being the thousandth episode of Raw, I want to put my stamp on it, and I want to challenge a rematch for the World Heavyweight title. And have Teddy Long pull out a piece of paper out of his jacket, open it, and you got to be careful how you do this, but I'm sure with the right creative minds, you can come up with a way of pulling it off and a way of wording it. But the Republic of Mexico uh, has seized your property and finances for like an audit or whatever, or you're, you you have lost all your money, you have lost everything, and make him start out from the bottom wearing like ratty-ass fucking wrestling tights, no Rolls Royces, you know, no personal ring announcer, you know, and really build him up from the bottom. And then when he gets that shot and declares that the Mexican International Heavyweight Championship, you know, now Mexico's in love with him again. He's got his money back. And the first thing he does is go out and buy himself a stable of henchmen. To me, though, that's... That, that's With him taking everything from him, to me, that would be more of a... A baby face kind of a gimmick, you know, or he yeah, was... I mean it would, but I mean still you'd like to see if he's going to do something that's going to because I think if you do this and you 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 either create your own Mexican belt or you put American or a Mexican sticker on the belt, whatever, a jalapeno, a pinata, a sombrero, whatever, a fucking jalapeno on the belt, yes, there you go. Um, <laughs> it's a Mexican heavyweight championship on a on stick. a stick. <laughs> Um, I just think that, you know, if you build it up, because you're going to milk that for a while, that's going to be a major, major mid-card storyline. Hey, look, he's got his personal ring announcer on his stick! (laughs) (laughs) On his stick! Ladies and gentlemen, Alberto Del Rio, your winner tonight, (laughs) would like to welcome you all to the Taco Shack, where he'll be washing dishes later and serving tacos. I mean, what do you motherfuckers want? Do you want to have two border guards on the ramp that he has to fight through every time he comes down to the ring? I mean, holy shit. No, no, no look, he does that enough in real life. No, seriously. I mean, oh. I, I, I just look. To me, the, the simplistic thing is to have him not win the, the World Heavyweight Championship against Sheamus, to bring in new contenders. I keep hearing Wade Barrett's going to be in line for a push when he comes back. That's that's a great feud. Wade Barrett and fucking Sheamus for the world title. That would be fantastic. Um but I really think you need to do something with Del Rio. He needs to get reestablished. And I think a mid-card run, uh, especially with the United States title, and then just, you know, like I said, declare it the Mexican International Championship or something and have people run through him. Because this also gives Rey Mysterio something to do when he comes back. What about if you put... What, about, what, what about this? What about if you do all that, your idea... 
and uh, he puts the stable of henchmen together. And uh, we need factions. There's no factions anymore. Yeah, there's no factions, and that's what drives wrestling, I think. But what if? What if? What if? Rey Mysterio joins Del Rio. No, no, Rey Mysterio. I can't see that happening. I could see him and Sin Cara doing a tag team together and going after Del Rio in a stable. And then you've got you've got the Latin fans kind of interested because you've got this group of guys that are your heels, you know. Rudos, you know, versus the Luchas. And, and I think that it works in that scenario. Turning Rey Mysterio heel and putting him with Del Rio, after Del Rio has owned him so many times, just, just doesn't seem like a good idea. Um, you know, and Rey Mysterio could be the guy at the end who, who finally beats Del Rio and reclaims the U.S. Well, title. Yeah, I, I see your point. I'm just thinking, you know, Mysterio comes back and Del Rio approaches him and Mysterio is reluctant. And then he says, well, you know... You can't. I, I, Mysterio hasn't been able to beat Del Rio, and Del Rio's hurt him so many times. Can't beat him, join him, and Del Rio promises him, "Look, if you'll help me hold on to this belt as I ascend to the top, and I eventually win the world heavyweight championship, I'll give you the first shot." I hear you. I think I think Latino missed what I said. I I, I think Hunico and Camacho would be great with Del Rio. Oh yeah, they'd be awesome because he'd have hired muscle. You know, you'd have Ricardo as as the manager slash ring announcer for the group, you'd have Hunico and Camacho go after the tag team championships. They're the muscle. You know, they're they're a tag team that could compete in the tag team division. You've got Del Rio as the United States slash Mexican international champion. And the mouthpiece of the whole group declaring that they're no longer going to be stereotyped and ride stupid bicycles to the ring. That's right. That's right. And what I, a I think disgrace. You know, and being the yeah. summertime, it would be it would be a, a pretty high profile thing to go into. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? It fucking bombs. I don't think it would. He buys them a car to come to the ring in. They ride down together in the fucking Rolls Royce or the Bentley or the fucking Ferrari. You know, I like what? it. You could have the group. You know, I've been trying to. I've been messing around on Translate while you guys have been talking, and I I looked up aristocrats. And it doesn't translate very well in Spanish, but maybe you call the team like El Realeza. And I looked it up, and Realeza means royalty. If you really wanted to go all out with it, you know, you could pick. And that's still not a perfect word. I don't, I don't have time to look up, you know, translate some others, but something like that. Like you call them, you give the team a Spanish name that means something like royalty. Uh, you know, make them a non and again, this isn't me fooling around like we do a lot of times. This is me being serious. Don't make them be a bullshit Mexican team. Like JJ said, keep the fucking gimmicks out of it. No bicycles, no freaking off-the-wall costumes. Make them guys who are really proud in their freaking country and are tired of the stereotypes. Hell, let them attack the WWE itself. And like you said, say... We're tired of Mexicans being portrayed as these typical fucking, you know, just thug guys, you know. We have a culture, it's rich, it's deep, and you know what? I'm here, meaning Del Rio, to show you that a Mexican can make it to the top in this business. The Mexican guys will love them, and you'll have a lot of, you know, people who will say, good. He's, he's I'll tell, tell you where this would be perfect. 
is back when TNA was doing their tournaments with all the different countries. Yeah, you know, Team Mexico. That been, Team Mexico with Del Rio and and uh, what you would call it, Hunico and what's the other guy's name, Camacho. Camacho. Um, uh, I, I, I let me let me. But here's here's the deal though. If Del Rio is going to be in charge, cause see, I've always envisioned the, the the Del Rio character. You know, back me up on this if you will, or tell me I'm full of shit. But Del Rio's character, his persona to me is the rich, you know, enemy of Zorro that uses his money and wealth to try to always get richer and keep the good people down, you know, and by use of his vast wealth, you know. And if he's going to be that kind of guy, then you take uh, Huduko and Camacho and you say, look, no more, no more stereotypes. No more bicycles, no more lawnmowers, you know, no more stupid gimmicks, you know, to hold our people down and, and, and make us look like jokes, you know, and he takes them and puts them in suits, you know, and dresses them up and makes them, you know, feel important and look important like he does. I think Rodriguez is missing the point. His Hunico and Camacho are Mexican-American. Del Rio is a Mexican, very different upbringing. You are totally missing the point, brother. I mean, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Don't overthink this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Hunico also known as Incognito? Wasn't he actually uh, also known as Mystico in Mexico? So, I mean, he's, he was a pretty much a big deal in Mexico at one point in time. I, I, to me, I think this, this works. It really works on so many levels. And you got to remember, you, you keep part of that culture. I mean, look, I wasn't born in Italy. I'm an Italian-American. I love Italian food. I've seen The Godfather a hundred times. You know, it's like you, you tend to stick. If Even if you're Mexican-American and you were born here, you will have a loyalty to, to this country. This will always be my country. But it's cool to see the country where your grandparents and great-grandparents came from, you know, take a stand for that, you know, old-school homeland. And you know what? Mexican-Americans, I think, will, will appreciate that. I could... I don't see that being a barrier at all. Could could this could you possibly have Del Rio cut a promo when he's talking about the, the the changing of the name of the title and all this and blah 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 and his initial promo? Could you have him basically? Yeah. I mean, if we're going to make the guy heal, let's make this motherfucker hated. Let's make him heal. Let's make him bad. You know, make him a Mexican version of the Million Dollar Man. That's what he's supposed to be now. Well, I mean, like, I know she's not Mexican. I guess she's portraying to be Puerto Rican. But have him walking through with his entourage, the title over his shoulder. They're all dressed in suits like a Mexican evolution, you know. And he sees uh, Primo and what's-his-name with Rosa Mendez. And he walks over and starts talking to her and, like, pushes them out of the way and starts talking to her in Spanish. Well, and she, re she replies, and he sticks some money down her top. Next thing you know, she joins the group. You could, you could take it a step further, though, too. You've got Shaw Guerrero, or, excuse me, Shaw Guerrero, uh, working FCW. You could almost have... Vicky Guerrero bring her daughter in, and Del Rio kind of take her under his wing. Yeah. 
you know. I mean, then, if you, if you have, really, you know, if you really want to make this guy, you know, hated and put over the fact that, you know, have him say in his promo, "Look, I've been here. I've done. I've done a lot of amazing things, um, but I've, you know, come up short a lot, and I've decided to pull my resources. And one thing I have that none of you have." Is a vast amount of money, and I'm going to use that to my advantage. And you know, you know what would have worked really well, but unfortunately, he signed with TNA. Had Hernandez signed the deal and been the muscle for Del Rio. Oh man! Can you imagine? Can the you Kevin ima- Nash yeah. style bodyguard? Can you imagine having Hernandez backing up Del Rio, and then you've got Camacho and Hunico? I mean, that is a group. And I don't, I don't want this group to be like Mexican-America. That's not what I'm trying and to and say. And I don't want it to be a two- or three-week deal. I'm yeah. talking a lengthy WrestleMania to WrestleMania program. You know, like this would be the heel faction in the company. You know, and then this, this could also play into Mysterio's last run because a lot of people are talking about, you know, the knees are shot, he's, he's on his last legs. This would be a great out for Mysterio. And since be the one together, guy that brings... To bring the one to be the one guy that brings the Mexican inter, you know international championship back to the United States. Exactly, you know, and Sin Cara could be right there with him, and it could be a big he deal wins for Sin Cara. The, he wins the belt finally after a year long feud and takes off his fucking mask in the ring. And so, by doing this, you accomplish several things. You build Del Rio up to be a badass heel, which is what he needs to be. What we saw this past week on Raw was what Del Rio needs to be. Okay. You, you get that, you reestablish a title that means something and a reason for guys to fight in this industry. You also give Rey Mysterio a reason to come back and a feud to be uh, detrimental to. You also have something that's going to elevate Sin Cara. So you are literally, you've got four or five things that you're going to do with this one storyline that's going to help the company out on the whole. Laying it out there, right here, right now. Man, we need to send this the archive of this to Del Rio. Can you imagine if Del Rio heard all this positive shit we're talking about him? I mean, I really. I mean, this is great. I mean, you know, we we've we the three of us have sat here, and of course, you know, JJ being the, the instigator and very well done, the three of us sitting here coming up with ideas. And it's well, like it just goes to show you when Three people have an idea, and one guy has the bulk of the idea. The other two guys just polish it up. How easy it is to come up with an amazing storyline as opposed to a 20-man team. Now, if this happens, you heard it here first. (laughs) Because we've said things before that have magically appeared on TV. So keep watching, folks. Does anybody know? Not to change the subject too, too far here, but hold on, I lost it. Shit. Way to go, Slick. It's like you trying to read the news. All right, here we go. Here it is. Oh, shit. <laughs> fuck you. you. You threw me under the bus on your fucking little thing, and now you're going to throw me under the bus tonight. What the fuck? On your thing? You? On my thing? Your fucking three-hour conference call with Adam. Now, how did I throw you under the bus? What was this shit? Oh, I remember JJ wanted to kick my ass. There was no backstory to why that was there. It's not like I just said one day up over I, the fucking I told him ass. if he didn't watch his mouth, you'd try to kick you. You might still live his ass. Oh, what do you want on. me to say? Oh, he's just all full of bullshit. He, he, he you, you, you don't have to worry about. It. He can't whip your ass. No, no, no. I, I like all the negativity came from me though. That's that's what bothered me. It's like, 
You weren't negative about anything, but I was the one that was negative because I wanted to kick Adam's ass. Oh, I was negative. We talked about what I said. We talked about what I said verbatim. You know, and I said, you guys are the ones that, that, that took it all out of context. Well, you know, I don't, I don't want to rehash the shit, but yeah, there was a lot of shit that was said on their end that prompted a lot of stuff. Oh, well, yeah, but that's that's never going to come out. Well, it will if he ever has me on there, because I guarantee you I won't be as politically correct as you were. Well, I guess. I'll let him have I, uh, it. I'll let him know what I feel. I don't remember a lot of what they said. You probably remember more about it than I do. Well, I just remember certain members of their staff saying that we offered them a job. Well, yeah, but we we we've discussed that with them since then, and know that was bullshit. You know, and that when we were fired and Andy and Mike left on their own volition and were not fired, and remarks were made that they flushed all the shit away from WrestleView, that's what pissed me off more than anything, and that's why I said I wanted to kick Adam's ass. And then when well, I, I confronted him on it... I couldn't remember why you were so... And when I confronted him on it, he's like, oh, well, that was because we're getting rid of Mike. Well, you didn't get rid of Mike, he left. The only people you fired were me and Trey. Yeah. And how could anybody not take that the way that that was put out there? You know, after everything that we did for them, I, I just, yeah. You ain't going to tell me, man. I, uh... But I'm glad you guys kissed and made up. Well, I mean, no, it was just a deal where I asked him beforehand, how do you want this to go? I mean, do you want this to get ugly? Do you want this to be, you know, well, at the fun? End, do at, you want at this the, to be... At the end of the day, the way that I took this, and again, I agreed to let you do it, but the way that I took it was they were reaching for listeners, and so they wanted to reach into our listenership by reaching out to you. And that's the way I took it. Well, I know, I know it's already done 500 downloads. Well, of course. Probably the most downloaded show they'll ever have. But, I mean, I, do I still have, you know, ill feelings about how things went down? Yeah, I do. Well, I think we both I do, mean, but, but at the same time... I mean, you, but you got to understand, from my standpoint, I worked with them for a long time. Oh, I know. I know you did. I know you a did. A long time. As a matter of fact, you know... And I brought it up at the end of the show. You know, had I not heard that ad about FanCast, JSK and I would have never started Wrestling News Live. And had we never started Wrestling News Live, there never would have been an Adam Martin on Wrestling Radio. And had there not been an Adam Martin, there wouldn't have been a Hunter Golden. And without Adam and Hunter Golden get some radio experience that I pro helped provide, then there'd be no Wrestle With You Network. Well, like I said, and that's the tr that's the gospel truth. Like I said, I don't necessarily have a problem with Adam anymore, and I was bitter toward the way things went down. But at the same time, if they hadn't went down that way, there wouldn't be an SNS radio network. So at the end of the day, right, the decision was made, and it benefited us more than it did them. But I mean, my 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 biggest deal is is that I worked with Adam for so long. Oh, I know you did, but at the same time, you know, I I mean. As long as you guys worked together, I thought that Adam and I were good friends, talking back and forth, doing things for each other. You know, and, and I felt like I was collateral damage because they were looking for a way to get rid of you. And when yeah. we got into that argument, that was the ammunition they needed. And I got fucking stabbed in the back, and it pissed me off. Well, I mean, I got stabbed in the back more than anybody. Yeah, you did. You know. 
it was to me almost felt like a divorce where they took the kid and everything I had. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I've never been so close to calling it quits in my life as I was then. I I mean, I I almost retired from this completely. I'm glad now that I didn't. Thank God. But it, and you know more than anybody how close to retiring I was. Yeah. I guess I guess there's still some bitter things, you know, that that just don't sit well with me and there, over there this whole situation. There always will be. There always will be. I mean, yeah, Adam and I talk on the phone some, but you know. At the end of the day, our relationship has changed. It'll never be the same as it was. Like I said, I don't, I don't wish them any ill will. I mean, I'm done with it. But, you know, I don't know. I just Listening to that kind of stirred up some old fucking feelings for me. It, it did for me, too. And, you know, at the same time, I could have been a complete asshole and, you know, made it a war and reopened all these old wounds. But... What are you going to get out of it at the end of the day for doing that? You're going to, you know, A, you're just driving more people to their, their website, and B, you know, you're just opening up old wounds and starting up old shit again for no reason. No, nope, I agree. This is this is our home. This is my home. You know, that's the way it is. You know, guys, if I could say something real quick, and I, I, I'm going to stay out of this, but I'll just give an opinion. Something Trey said about, you know, how if it wasn't for his show, there wouldn't be other shows. If I had heard a show with just JJ by himself or just Trey by himself, I don't think I would have gotten into it as much as the two of you boys working together. Because that's, you got to remember... When I first heard WNL, it was you guys. I didn't know anything about JSK, didn't know anything about Adam Martin, didn't know anything about the BAM, didn't know a damn thing. My first four or five months were you guys together. And I think that one of the best things that could happen is either privately, which might be the best thing privately first, and then maybe publicly, JJ, maybe you need to jaw it out with Adam, you know, I think that would be the most therapeutic thing and let him know, you know, agree first. Listen, you don't get pissed off. I won't get pissed off to the point where we hang up on each other. But if it gets heated, we're both going to let it get heated and just let him know how you feel. Well, you know, he said that he said that he would love to have JJ do the same thing I did. Well, and I, I, I hate to say I, it. I think it'd be great. Yeah, I don't want to piss JJ off. But I mean, I think that would be a great. And you know what? Maybe a little tit for tat. You know, Trey, they got Trey on their network to do that, that three hour interview, which, which I did enjoy. Maybe the one with JJ goes on SNS and we have a little, you know, I, I think that might be cool. And, and I'm pretty sure Adam would agree to that. Well, at the end of the day, I still feel like I'm helping them out by giving them listeners. And that's not really, it's not my, my main motivation right now. I mean, I wish them the best of luck with their radio network, but. I just don't feel the need to do that. Well, you know, like I said, there's a million there's a million reasons why I did that 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 show. <clears throat> and I don't know what they're doing number-wise. I don't know what they're doing download-wise on their podcasts. I'm not there. I'm not a part of that. I don't know. But my goal was to and if I if I failed I failed I don't think I did 
but like Adam and I were talking in text messages back and forth after it was over with, you know, three or four days into it, it was already at 400 downloads. Who the fuck am I to, to warrant 400 fucking downloads? I'm not a wrestler. I'm not a former wrestler. I'm not a celebrity. But he interviewed me for three hours. And it's already up over 500 downloads. You know, my goal was to show the strength of the listenership of this network. And I don't mean this in a negative way, just like I didn't mean what I said on Ministry of Slam all those years ago. I didn't mean that in a negative way, and it got construed to where I was taking shots at them. But my goal was to show them what they're missing out on. Well, I mean, it's no big secret that the reason I even put this network together, which was never even supposed to be a network, was that they motivated the fuck out of me by firing me. I was going to prove to them that they made the biggest fucking mistake that they will ever fucking make. And I and think kudos, that, kudos to Crelly for, you know, Crelly was grilling me about 4 o'clock in the morning one morning in my time. And I'd had a little bit to drink, and that's before I quit drinking. I'd had a little bit to drink, and I was upset, and I was, you know, still not sure what the future was going to hold for me and for wrestling radio, and, you know, I... I was approached by another network to bring the show there. They offered me everything to where all I had to do was put on a headset and do the show, and I thought, oh, why not? Which, looking back on it, would have been a true test of my popularity to see how many listeners we could get. But, you know, again, when you and I started this three years ago, We had zero listeners. We didn't know if we were going to cue the mic and have a single person in the chat room. You know, so some some of to, my to fun- be where to be where we are now, I think is very very commendable on both of our parts. You know, I'm not going to throw names out there and throw anybody under the bus, but I can remember when that went down. I was getting uh, emails from staff members at WrestleView that couldn't believe that I was thrown under the bus like that and let go. I'd never done anything wrong. I had busted my ass for no. You can blame me entirely. You know, and I was just fucking thrown under the bus because they were looking for an excuse. Yeah, you can, you can, you can blame me entirely. I still feel the same way. You know, had you and I not got into that argument, I'd have been fired for something else. I'm sure. You know, but at the end of the day. They did me the biggest favor they could have ever done because if I'd stayed with WrestleView, do you think that I would have liked being governed by people that had no? Uh, well, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to finish that sentence. I, I just I would have been under a tight leash, and I kind of like my freedom. And I think well, that in the last three years, I have proved my point more than enough. And you know, don't 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 as a listener, don't say well. Why were they why were they so eager to fire Trey? There was a lot of reasons why, and I don't need to get into them. But no, we don't need to throw out backstage bullshit. You know, again, I'm just I'm saying the reason it. I did the reason I did that show was Adam Adam and I worked together for a lot of years, a lot of years. We were on, as they say on Seinfeld, we were on a phone call. We were on a phone call basis where we talked. 
several times a week. You know, once a year he crashed at my house for a weekend. You know, we were very good friends. And that, losing my friendship with Adam, the way that that went down was the hardest part of the whole thing. And JJ was just caught up in it because of me. And, you know, I I did that show because Adam and I have since patched up our relationship, A, and B, I wanted to see what kind of numbers we could do over there. And if, you know, they're doing 1,000 to 3,000 downloads a week and my little 500 was a piss in the ocean, then so be it. But I don't think it was. Like I said, at the end of the day, I don't feel like it benefited us at all. But, I mean, you know, I'm glad you guys had your trip down memory lane and <coughs> you were able to patch things up a little bit. So, at the end of the day, that's cool. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's... I, I, didn't, I, I didn't look at it as we were driving listeners to, their, to them because none, none of our listeners are going to pay for and, content when they can get it for free anyway. And I'm sure that somebody listening to this right now is going to copy and paste everything I just said and go to Adam and whoever else over there and say that we were dogging them. I didn't dog anybody. I didn't say one negative thing about one person. I said the fucking truth. So. Let's do, uh... What do we got next? Uh, news of the week. Let's do some news. Let's do it. Hang on a sec. Gotta excuse me. I got Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. May I have your attention, please? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. And now, the news. Well, our first news story is going to take uh, take place in Russia, believe it or not. Former WWE champion John Bradshaw Layfield had a close call in his first out of seven mountain climbs which he's doing for a charity in Barbados where he lives. JBL's first trip was to Russia where he is conquering Mount Elbrus as part of his Seven Summits Challenge, an adventure which WWE is actually sponsoring. Before he set off to the summit, he noted on Twitter that there's bad weather and it's going to be very cold and wet, got hypoxia and was fighting frostbite. Still made it to a 1,000 feet of summit, then huge storm pushed us off the mountain. JBL later tweeted, adding that he's lucky to be alive. He was doing good after coming back and recuperating from a tough climb. JBL is carrying a WWE flag with him and is planning to plant it atop the seven highest mountains on each continent as he goes. So that's pretty cool, man. That is pretty cool. I, I wish him the best. Man, when you got that kind of money and you're willing to do that, when you can just sit at home and be pampered, I mean... Yeah, that, that is pretty damn cool. Well, let me see. Not to be outdone by uh, by JBL, former ECW champion, former WWE superstar, and actually someone who's in TNA as well, Tommy Dreamer is launching a new promotion based out of New York. That's right. It's coming in October called House of Hardcore based out of Poughkeepsie, New York. The promotion will be hosting its events in Mid-Hudson Civic Center once it kicks off. Uh, it, 
that will be its home, much like the ECW arena was the home for ECW back in the day. According to a source close to the startup, Dreamer will be financially backing the project, but with the help of several other people, including local media. The Civic Center itself and other wrestlers, Tommy has a lot of friends that will show their support by being a part of the event. Our sources said, and I mean a lot, details about House of Hardcore have still not been fully released and a lot are still being kept under wraps. One thing for sure, though, our sources said this will not be your typical ECW reunion by any means. You may see a few familiar faces, but I'm pretty sure it'll be bigger than expected, he added. Dreamer also plans to include a wrestling school as a part of the House of Hardcore, which will be based out of the Civic Center as well. A teaser about the promotion has been released. If you go to wrestling-online.com, you can check that out. Hmm. So there's there's good news for the people in New York. Tommy Dreamer is going to have a promotion soon. I want a job. I'm two hours away from Poughkeepsie. Tommy, I'll do anything. <laughs> Well, I hope you're not like Nim and would would <laughs> would do what we're easy, fans do. Easy, <laughs> easy. Yeah, that was a that was a shocking night. Um, believe it or not, WWE Studios is going to produce a movie starring one Halle Berry. Hey, yeah. Deadline.com is reporting that WWE Studios has teamed up with Troika Pictures to produce and finance a movie called The Hive, starring Halle Berry and Abigail Breslin. The thriller to be directed by Brad Anderson revolves around an emergency call center operator played by Halle Berry taking a call from a teenage girl who has been abducted and carried away in the Michael Louisi as one of the producers of the movie. I wonder if Kane will be the one that carries her away. Probably not. He could, he could you know, basically go back to being his Jacob Goodnight character. That'd be great. With, his, with his penis as long as his leg. And with his three foot long penis. I can't believe they actually wanted to put that in the movie. Vince McMahon, wow. you sick fuck. Uh, permanent Raw GM to be announced on the 1,000th episode. I think we talked about that earlier, but uh, apparently uh, on July 23rd in St. Louis, Missouri, the last GM, John Laurinaitis, was fired at the No Way Out pay-per-view part of the stipulation and the outcome of the match involving Cena and Big Show. Uh, WWE Chairman and CEO fired Laurinaitis at the pay-per-view, but it's being revealed that at the 1,000th episode of Raw, they will have a permanent raw general manager that will be announced. So I'm just waiting with bated breath. DDP. Yeah. Oh well, DDP's got too much other shit going on. Yeah. I don't know who it could be, man. I. Who I have no idea. Now. You know what? I'm, I'm hoping it's somebody like a Roddy Piper or. Uh, I, I don't know, man. Uh, even uh, you know what the perfect Raw GM, Raw and SmackDown for me, would be a guy that's not even in the business anymore, but could still make an impact because he was great at promos. I'm talking about Edge. Oh yeah, Edge. Yeah. Edge would be a viable general manager, in my opinion, for both Raw and SmackDown. Right, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, let's see. I'd like else? to see either be Edge. It could be Heyman. I tell you one that would shock you, but might be good for a while. Although it's better to have a heel at that position, Jim Ross. Yeah, but he won't do it. I, I think I, you know I, I'm enjoying Ross on his uh, his commentary role on NXT. Oh like shit! That. I forgot to tell y'all. What? I talked to Jim Ross the other day on the radio. Oh, did you? Yeah. He uh, there's a segment 
on a radio station, a sports station out of Oklahoma City, and I just happened to be listening live, and they said, up next, Jim Ross, call now with your questions. And so the only thing I got to ask him that, you know, everybody's asking wrestling questions. And first thing I asked him was about OU baseball. We talked a little OU sports. And then my second question was, all BS aside, are you currently comfortable with your role in the WWE or would you rather be doing anything else? And he said, I am absolutely 100% happy with what I'm doing and I do not want to do anything else at this time. Very good. So. There you go. Uh, Got some interesting things that have happened in the WWE as of late. Apparently the WrestleMania buy rate has lowered once again. (laughs) You know, I thought they had this pretty much figured out uh initially wrestlemania featuring the rock versus john cena had done around 1.3 million buys the number was eventually lowered to just over 1.2 about a month later and now the company estimates are between 1.1 and 1.2 million the final figure will be released when WWE announces their second quarter earnings WWE were projecting to have wrestlemania as the company's biggest pay-per-view in terms of buys and revenue Very interesting. WrestleMania 28, possibly between 1.1 and 1.2 million buys, which is quite a bit down from the 1.3 that they initially thought they were getting. Speaking of WrestleMania, one of the participants from WrestleMania 28, The Undertaker, is set to appear at FCW in in August. The Undertaker will be making a very rare non-televised appearance at Florida Championship Wrestling event on August 1st. Tickets for the show can be purchased by calling 272 Two four three eight two nine three, and are twenty dollars for general admission, uh, twenty five for golden ringside reserved, and fifty for VIP, which includes a meet and greet with the dead man, including a photo and an item autographed. Only those in possession of the VIP ticket will be able to meet uh, the former WWE champion. The show will be held at the Dallas Bull at thirty three twenty two North Highway three hundred one, Tampa, Florida. Doors open at six thirty p.m. with the first bout at seven thirty p.m. So there you go. If you're in the Florida area. Tell you, I gotta move to Florida, man. Go meet the Undertaker. Fifty bucks, you can do it. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking at a place in Florida that's literally about thirty minutes away from Kevin Nash's house. Perfect. Uh, If you didn't know, today was a big day in the world of movies. Released for the first time ever on DVD, the biggest wrestling movie of all time, ladies and gentlemen. Oh God. No Holds Barred, featuring... This was actually the first feature debut for Hulk Hogan in his movie career, and he took on big Tiny Lister, Tom Tiny Lister, who played the character of Zeus. If you remember back in 1989, I certainly do. Uh, The Macho Man and, of course, Hulk Hogan were feuding, uh, which basically culminated in the fact that they were putting together this movie. Macho Man Randy Savage actually brought in Zeus... Um, and they kind of brought the character into the WB for a short run uh, in 1989, which culminated at Survivor Series. But, uh, yes, no holds barred. And apparently the WB has been making fun of the movie. They're the ones putting it out. But they're making fun and kind of throwing uh, <laughs> throwing jabs at Hulk Hogan. But, you know, Hulk Hogan's the one's going to laugh at the end, folks, because he's getting royalties off this movie. So they're doing yeah. him a favor more so than anything. I don't know how you guys felt, but I actually lined up today at my local Walmart and fought people to get a copy. No, I didn't really. 
I don't care. I don't actually have the movie. But there it. are people that you collect DVD like Horseman. Yeah. He collects he he collects every pay per view and DVD put out by WWE. Everything. I wouldn't mind seeing this movie again, but uh, it was pretty campy. And I was talking with Farley in the chat room earlier, and he asked which movie was better wrestling wise. Uh, which was a better wrestling movie, Body Slam, which starred Roddy Piper, Dirk Benedict, and the Tonga Kid. And oh, hands down, Body Slam. Body Slam was a much better movie because you had, I think, Tanya Roberts was in the movie. And again, Dirk Benedict's one of my favorite actors back in the 80s. The A-Team, Battlestar Galactica. I mean, can't go wrong with Dirk. And to me, a much better movie. It was cheesy, yes, but No Holds Barred was just fucking hilarious. Now, you had, you had said something about this in the Raw recap where Jericho and Cena just kind of disappeared from the main event. Yep. Somebody asked Jericho on Twitter about five minutes after Raw went off the air, what happened to you and Cena after you guys left the main event? He retweeted, we sat down and watched a copy of No Holds Barred. <laughs> oh, my. Well, there you go. You got your priorities, folks. See, I'd buy No Holds Barred if they had that extra audio track with the old Batman soundtracks from, like, the 60s and 70s. Bam, splat, you know. I'd buy it if they did that. But you know what? I never saw Body Slam. I'll have to check that out. I missed that one. I saw No Holds Barred, unfortunately. Body Slam was actually good. You also had Billy Barty was in that movie. And The Powers of Pain, which was the Barbarian and the Warlord, were in that movie. Wow, really? Uh, dude, cool. there, there were like a ton of wrestlers in Body Slam. A ton. So, um, I think even Lou Albano was in that movie, if memory corrects. Yeah. Lou Albano was in the movie, so I think Blassie was even there. Well, Vince McMahon lost money on No Holds Barred. You know, when it came out in theaters, it really did it did shit. You know, he lost money on it. Next movie I predict, Santa with fucking muscles on Blu-ray, deleted scenes. That'll be the next movie the WWE pimps out. You know what? Jason Clevitz, my good friend and uh, former, well, former contributor to WTR and Sunday Night Showdown, but also with Slam Wrestling, a couple years ago, actually bought me a copy for Christmas, uh, the Bill Goldberg Santa Slay movie. Oh, God. oh, my God. Which is a movie about an evil Santa that lost a bet, and it deals with curling. So, I mean, how could you go wrong if you're Canadian to watch that? I mean, I'm an American, and I kind of scratch my head at the curling because at the end of the day, you're throwing a stone on ice. And it's a sport. Yeah, but I watched the shit out of that during the Olympics. <laughs> That's crazy, but... Uh, Getting back to some of the news, the first participants, the first participants for SmackDown's Money in the Bank. Let's try that again. Um, are they were announced on Friday's episode, calling for the qualifying for the pay per view match. Are the U.S. champion Santino Morella, yeah. uh, Intercontinental Champion Christian, yeah, Damian Sandow, Tyson okay. Kidd, cool. and Tensai, or as we call him, Fatass. So there you go. Those are the guys that have qualified so far for Money in the Bank. I, I kind of think that Dolph Ziggler is going to be in that list here pretty soon. You know what that tells me? That Dolph Ziggler is going to win? No, that Jericho needs to go to SmackDown. Yeah, probably. But Who then the again, is... but, but see, here's the problem. There is no, even though you say he should go to SmackDown, I mean, Jericho is in the Money in the Bank because he's, he's a, a former, former champion. champion. And he's on the Raw brand, but it doesn't matter if you're on the Raw or SmackDown brand. Dolph is a is a Raw guy. He's going to be in this. Santino right. is a Raw guy. He's in this. I mean, the brand split is so irrelevant. I mean, I don't sure. know. I don't know why they have two championship belts. I mean, 
I know they want to have one championship defended on SmackDown and one on Raw, but I mean, to be perfectly honest, if you just unify the championships and have the mid-card belt, which, you know... You want to know why they do this still? Why? Why there's still a brand split? Why? Because it allows them to make money off split house shows. I guess, man, but you still have the same guys from Raw working the... the everybody's intermingled. I mean, you, you should just have one brand well, and there have is them no, there is the no, shows. There is no differential in brands. Like, Raw guys can be on SmackDown, SmackDown guys can be on Raw, they can appear on separate house shows, whatever. What it is, is it is a just a show A, show B. Right, right. No, I that, that, that puts, that splits, that splits one big show into two shows, so now they can tour in two different cities on the same night and make double the money. Yeah, I hear you. That's exactly what it is. That's the only reason why it's still there. But re really quickly, I mean, my idea is this. You unify the belts. I mean, you don't need the Intercontinental U.S. title. I mean, you don't. There's no need to have both those belts. You don't need a world and a WWE title. You need one. You need one mid-card belt. You need one heavyweight championship. You need a tag team belt. You need a Divas belt. Okay? That's what you need. You've got way too much stuff going on. I, think I would that, find a hardcore belt coming back. Well, I think on Raw, you have the either the World Championship or the WWE Championship, whatever one they want to keep or unify. You have it on that brand, on that particular show. And then right. on SmackDown, you have the mid-card belt that gets defended every fucking week. Every Actually, I take that week. back. Scrap the hardcore idea and bring back the Cruiserweight title. Well, they're going to bring that back when they have the Cruiserweight show. Right. But I still think that you need a cruiserweight division and not a show. But that's just put my the opinion. Put the cruiserweight title on the one-man band. Nah. If you're going to put the cruiserweight title on anybody, it's Tyson Kidd. Give him a push. Yeah. Um, here's some interesting news. Former WWE diva, formerly of NXT, Maxine quit the company this past week. Oh, well, crap. Carly I Perez. Won't build, I won't be able to sleep tonight. I know. People are like, who the fuck is she? Exactly. Uh, Carly Perez, the 26-year-old WWE diva, better known under the ring name Maxine, has quit the WWE. According to several sources, she left because she was frustrated with her character's direction. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, was she given a flatulence gimmick? No. No. Um, was she made to walk around the ring on her hands and knees and bark like a dog? No. No. Did she give birth to a hand? No. So why is she frustrated? Oh, oh, because she never actually made it to the main roster. She had a storyline where she was involved in a love triangle with, uh, oh, what's his fucking nuts? Fuck, I don't even remember. The two guys from NXT that I could give Johnny Curtis and some other fucking douchebag. You know what? I, I don't even fucking care. Okay. She says. I just of hold on. She says that she's not interested in wrestling for anybody any other promotion. But she's gone. She quit. Goodbye. See you later. Good luck, Maxine. We wish you See well you in your future endeavors. See you in Penthouse. You know, I just thought of something. What's that? If Kane really does have a three-foot penis, <laughs> he would kill AJ. AJ's only about three foot tall herself. Fuck. <laughs> and this is why you listen to Wrestling News Live for the trades... The trade dog's insightful. I mean, maybe she's not crazy. Maybe she just likes big dick. Wow. <laughs> Moving on. You're killing me, bro. Apparently, Bret Hart is set to appear on the 1,000th episode of Raw. 
I would say that Trey and I could debate this and fire each other from the show, but we're not going to. No, I, we've been I there and done that. Bought the T-shirt. Um, here's an interesting who's gonna, note. Who's gonna fire us? <laughs> Harmony. Oh, Harmony. That's she, right. She's the fifty-one percent owner in Proxy. Remember, I you know she she likes that title. Right. Yeah, but sure. that means I I get fired too, right? I don't know. Um. Yeah, probably you get caught up with the ammunition. Damn it. Collateral damage. Um, here's an interesting note. Apparently, Armando Estrada was secretly working with the WWE. Uh, did anybody know this? Yeah, they, he uh, had a contract this entire fucking time, sitting at home, getting paid, laid, drinking margaritas, and fucking senoritas. You know, when I, when I last talked to Armando Estrada a couple years ago, he was he running... He didn't like us. Well, he didn't like me specifically, but he was running a restaurant and was talking about, you know, wanting to get back in the business and then they brought him back to Raw for a, for a quick stint where he was one week the manager of Tyson Kidd when they were doing the whole Tyson Kidd's got a new manager every week. Mm-hmm. Apparently he's been sitting at home under contract this whole time. And, uh, well, he, uh, <laughs> he's he been released, folks. You heard it here first. Um, he did have some things to say on Twitter. He says, timing is everything, uh, not just in showbiz, but in life. Thank you, everyone in the WWE. He added, he ended the message on a joke saying that his name is Armando Alejandro Estrada, and he'll <laughs> be making a hashtag impact soon. <laughs> Do black people have bigger dicks than white people? That's getting cut out of the fucking archive. Moving on. What the fuck? Well, because they're saying in the chat room that apparently AJ dated Jay Lethal, and well, if she dated Jay Lethal, then... She could handle Kane. All right. Okay. Apparently. Now, did you say Estrada is going to make an impact? That's what he said in his Twitter. Now, who would he be on impact with? Who knows? Who who does he match up with on impact? Hernandez? His his restaurant was feeding Tensei for free. And once they got Tensei under contract, they fired his ass. Don't you guys (laughs) see this? I guess. Now... Here's a story that's going to piss the trade dog off. Oh, great. Angelina, How's that Love, good, Angelina Love released from her TNA contract. Yeah. Damn. It, it, it was under her term. She wanted to be let go. I, I hate this. I think this is a bad move. You know, this is that where if I were her friend, I'd call her up and go, hey, sweetheart, look. I know things are a little rocky for you right now in TNA, but just stick it out because she is probably not going to go back to the E, and that means she's going to be uh, doing indie shows. And it's just, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's more money out there for her that way. I'm not in her. I'm not in her checkbook, so I don't know. Not only did uh, did Angelina love get her release from TNA. Apparently, so did Shannon Moore. It's interesting. People are just leaving. Well, he's got a successful tattoo business going on right now, apparently. That is true. So, if I was him, and and he said a few months ago he was done with wrestling, period. And then he said he was thinking about coming back, and then he was done again, and he wasn't coming back, and he was definitely not going back to TNA. And then, boom, now he's just completely done. 
Very interesting. Well, that is going to do it for my news stories of the week, sponsored by our good friends over at wrestling-online.com. If you haven't signed up for the newsletter, please do so and join over 27,000 other subscribers, and it's for free. It comes right to your inbox three, four times a week, and uh, Colin Vassilo is the man. I got to say, and and I also want to thank Colin publicly because uh, he sent me uh, a message this past week and asked me if I would be interested in covering UFC from Calgary later this month. And I said, well, uh, hell yeah. And uh, through the powers that be at the UFC, yours truly will be sitting cage side for UFC as they are here in Calgary. As uh, Now, God damn it, how come he doesn't call me up and say, we need a representative at the Raw 1000th episode because it's right here in my backyard. Well, apparently he does coverage for them, and, uh, you know, they were in my neck of the woods. And Is I, it because I talk about Kane's penis during the news segment? Probably. That, that might be it right there. I mean, so, that's news. So if you look careful enough, you might actually see J.J. Sexay sitting cage side with a laptop covering everything for wrestling-online.com. Congratulations well, so- to you, but if I had a three-foot penis, I'd want it in the news. <laughs> Just don't I'm, want- talking, I'm talking, I want Katie Kirk to lead with, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the nightly news, the Trey Dog from Wrestling News Live debuted his three-foot penis this evening. I want billboards in Times Square. I mean, just I could I could tattoo wrestling dash online on my three-foot penis. Well, I'm sure that'd be a great marketing tool that Colin wants no part of. I'm just trying to help out. Yeah, I know, I know, but uh, again, I want I want to thank Colin for everything he does. Our partnership with him has been very uh, very beneficial over the last couple of years. We've had some great interviews lined up from Colin, and he's done a lot to help us out, and uh, we appreciate the hell out of Colin. He's like the jet-setting gigolo that you used to be. I, dude, I, I swear to God, we must be, we have to be related. He's got to get me he's in, an, he's in another fucking country every week. He is. He is. But uh, like I said, on that note, that's going to do it for the news of the week. Sponsored by Wrestling-Online.com. With that being said, we're going to take our final break of the evening. Come back and I guess maybe take a phone call or two and, and wrap this bitch up. That Sounds like good to me. Sound like a plan, Bronxy? Sounds good to me. You know, the last thing we want is Trey in the newspaper and a guy saying, baby, the Trey dog's penis is in my coffee. And Trey going, you want me to stir it for you? It's cold. It's deep, too. On that note, we'll be right back with more Wrestling News Live right after this. Are we going to do this again? I was hoping you were going to slip and say Wrestling News Penis. Ha ha. This is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain, and I'm on Planet Jarrett right now listening to Wrestling News Live. Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site 
of the SNS Radio Network, you should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlockstoheadlines.com. Hey, wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W., and each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. present Destination X. This is Vince Russo. You're listening to Wrestling News Live from the SNS Network. You know, I was a little saddened today when I read the news. That old familiar tune just kind of kind of perked up in my ears. And I know we haven't talked about this until now. Uh, you're listening to Wrestling News Live. I'm, I'm obviously Mr. Money on the mic, J.J. Sexay. It was my poor attempt at whistling, but I can remember back when J.J. Sexay was just a little kid. and He'd watch TV, and always in syndication, there'd be this really awesome show called The Andy Griffith Show. Hell yeah. And there was this great character called you know, it was Andy Griffith. He was the sheriff of Mayberry. You know, and and one of the most iconic things about this show was that he had a deputy named Barney Fife. And Barney was a card, let me tell you. I used to love me some Barney Fife. 
Andy, we got to nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. And Andy always had some philosophy uh, philosophy that he would uh, basically tell, talk to his son about. And, of course, you had Aunt B. And just a fantastic show. Uh, one of my favorite shows growing up. And, unfortunately, today at the age of 86, Andy Griffiths is no longer with us. He passed away at, at his home in uh, Roanoke, North Carolina. So uh, my thoughts and prayers go out to the family of, of Andy Griffith. He's 86 years old, and he's definitely going to be a personality that we definitely miss. Um, he's, you know what? He's an American icon. He's a pop culture oh, icon. You know, I mean, he went on to do Matlock and, and, and other things, but I will always, I never watch Matlock. But Well, Matlock made them old women's panties wet. <laughs> Well, you know, for the old people, you had Matlock and you had Murder, She Wrote, you know. I, I never got into those shows, but the Andy Griffith show, I, I love that show. You know, I every now and then I'll catch it on a rerun. I'll catch it in syndication on Nick at Night or something, and I'll watch it, you know. And I, I believe, wasn't Ron Howard Opie? Opie. Yeah. Aunt B, Opie, Otis. Goober. Otis. Otis the town drunk. Goober was there for a while. Goober, yeah. Gober, Gomer. Gomer ain't Gomer. Gomer Powell. Well, golly! Well, golly, Andy! That was a good Shucks. show, man. Floyd the Barber. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love that show. You know, I mean, Trey and I are both I, 37. I just, I just figured out song of the night. What's that? Rascal Flats, I Miss Mayberry. All right, I'll, I'll track that one down. That's not the one with the whistle, right? No, that's not. All right. Yeah. Well, partner, if we're going to do some emails, we better jump into them. Yeah, we better. Talk amongst yourselves while I open the email up. I uh, read that this morning, too. I was like, man, that's a, that's a loss. But you know what? You, 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 as much death as we've been around, JJ and I, lately, over the last... Four years, five years. I mean, you know what? He, you just you just got to look at it like you know. It, the the bright side is he lived a long life. Yeah. I mean, I I hope I live to be eighty six. Holy shit! Uh, you know, to me, losing Andy Griffin is is like losing a family member because I was that entrenched into his shows growing up. You know, I, I learned a lot of life lessons from Andy Griffin. See, I never was a big fan of the show, but well, I love that show. I, I knew about it. I knew who. I mean, I watched it. When my parents watched it, you know, <clears throat> to me there was, you know, always something better to watch because I was a kid. Now, see, I never watched like the Mayberry RFD show, which was like the spinoff. Right. I never but the watched whole, that. The whole thing took place in the town of Mayberry. Yeah. Mayberry was like a cool place to live, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is an iconic opening. You've got Andy and Opie walking along, going fishing. Yep. To the whistling. I mean, great father and son thing. And for those of you that are like, you old motherfuckers, I have no idea who you're talking about. Sorry. Sorry. Can't help you. So I do have an email. Let's go ahead and uh, hit this sounder and uh, talk some emails. Let's do it. Hello, everybody. Hi, Sam Bunk. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. I've always really wanted to do this. Thought. 
I have received an email. Of course you have an email, you idiot. Just read it. So round on Joe. Ironically enough, uh, this email is from our good friend C. Bruder. And uh, it is, rest in peace, Andy Griffith. Sup, guys? C. Bruder here, and I just had to share a few words about Andy. Now, I haven't seen that much of Griffith's work. I mean, I've seen a few episodes of the Andy Griffith Show and Matlock, as well as a few movies. But from what I've seen, he was very entertaining, from being a jailhouse singer to his misadventures as a country bumpkin in the U.S. Army. He was fantastic. A question I'd like to ask you guys, what were your favorite Andy Griffith moments in movies? Before we answer, I want to read his. Mine was uh, A Face in the Crowd, No Time for Sergeants for Movies and Moments. I'd have to go with the final scene in No Time for Sergeants when they are trying to hide Andy Griffith's character, Will Stockdale, and Nick Adams' character, Ben Whitledge, to avoid international public humiliation. Maybe the court battle of the century will take place in the big courtroom in the sky between Perry Mason and Matlock. Keep up the good word. Keep up the good work, guys. Seabird. Perry Mason, Matlock, and uh, what's his name? The attorney that's uh, for, for OJ. If it doesn't fit, you must quit. Oh, uh, Johnny Cochran. Johnny Cochran. Yeah. There you go. Um, you know what? I've seen No Time for Sergeants, and that was a funny movie. I, I don't remember a lot about it because I was pretty young when I saw it. Um. But for me, man, it's just the Andy Griffith show. Like, I don't really have a standout moment with him, to be honest. I, you know, I, My had, favorite thing about Andy will surprise you. I guess his interaction with, with Barney Fife. I, just, I thought those two played well together. I mean, that was, that was like peanut butter and jelly. I mean, oh, yeah. they were amazing together. My favorite thing about Andy Griffith was not a movie or a show. My limited, and I do mean very limited lifetime that I got to spend with my grandparents before whatever happened between my mother and my father and my grandparents to where they stopped talking when I was a kid. And it was so bad, the, the, the feud between their family and mine, that my mother's own parents and siblings did not come to her funeral. That's how bad it was. Wow. Um, I still see my grandfather probably twice, three times a week. He looks right at me, doesn't even acknowledge my existence. But as a little kid, growing up, every Sunday, I was the firstborn. So every Sunday, my mom, after church, would pack up the car, and her and I would drive 30 minutes out of town to my grandma and grandpa's house spend all day at my grandma and grandpa's house, and then come back home for dinner. And every Sunday afternoon, while trying to watch football as a little kid, and just being a little kid, running around, getting into trouble, my grandmother listened to uh, Andy Griffith church music, hymns, and had a record player and played two or three different records every Sunday of Andy Griffith singing gospel music. Wow. And every once in a while you'll see an ad for that on TV. An infomercial. So that's what I remember the most about Andy Griffith. Very cool. Um, that that the song he put out with Brad Paisley, 
a few years ago called Waiting on a Woman. Can't say I ever heard that one, actually. Yeah. You never heard Waiting on a Woman? I don't guess I have. Oh, my goodness. You got to play that for song of the night. Waiting on a Woman. That, that's what it's called. Waiting on a Woman, Brad Paisley. Uh, he uh, did the entire video with Andy Griffith. And uh, they did one of those behind-the-video type things after it was released. And Brad Paisley, who is probably number one or two, depending on how you look at it, guitar players in music, and especially in country music, Brad Paisley plays an amazing guitar. I mean, that's that's the main part of his live show is him playing the guitar. Um he was enamored by a guitar that was on Andy's bus that was a custom-made guitar, and Andy had one made for him. And it still sets it in a glass case on Brad Paisley's bus. All right, well, I'll see what I can find that real quick. But, yeah, it's a great video. Watch the video while you listen to the song. Okay. Um, we do have another email from DJ. Trey, did you happen to catch The Amazing Spider-Man? No, I was going to go last night, and I was starting to drag ass, and I was tired. Instead of doing that, I stayed at home and played uh, Splinter Cell on the Xbox. But I plan to see it sometime soon. Yeah, I plan on seeing it as well. And I'm going to actually go the 3D route this time. I've never done that before, so I'm going to try to go the 3D route. Very cool. Um, JJ, did Dusty Rhodes beat up an Asian kid? I have no idea. That, that's a really good question. That that would be news. Was to he me. supposed to? Maybe. I mean, you know, he he did. You know, uh, you know, dine with kings and queens and had you know dinner with like in dumpsters having pork and beans and shit, right? So I mean, I don't know, man. I maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I I can't reach. Now, him see, Dusty comments. always said he dined with kings and. Queens, and they dined in the dumpsters eating pork and beans, but he never said anything about eating some Kung Pao chicken. He never said nothing about eating, beating no Asian kid up. So, I, I can neither confirm nor deny that that might be true. Trying to get me in trouble. Uh, Bronx, how's the eye coming along? Uh, pretty good. Very good, actually. You know? So... <clears throat> I don't know where that came from, but, <clears throat> you know. Yeah, Andy Griffin was, you know, before my time, I really can't, you know, the song is iconic to me, but I, I can't comment too much on it, man. I, I just really can't. But I know he was a legend, you know, so. Day before Independence Day. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, last week was the funniest stuff I've ever heard in my life. Thank you for all of you. Needed more Asian jokes. <laughs> oh, we were in rare form last week. Hey, it's me. Um, I don't... Okay, I think I found the video, so we're, we're good for that. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. I, I know what that is now. Okay, yeah, that's exactly what it was. It's probably going to kill my computer since I'm playing it on that one, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we got one more. We're gonna get out of here. Um, 
Hey guys, this is from uh, Blue Mystery. Hey guys, here again, just wanted to tell you a little about the event I saw Saturday. It was off the chain, literally. Best event I've seen all year, including all Raw and SmackDowns, with the exception of a couple pay-per-views. Every title was on the line, six title matches, in addition to John Cena versus The Big Show. In a steel cage, not only every match had a clean pinfall, one thing that was crazy is Titus and Young actually got the belts after Zack took Truth's place because of the injury. However, the ref came down and told the other ref they cheated, so they took the belts back. Oh. All in all, there were at least 10 to 12 matches. Oh, yeah, and the crowd got to text, got to text a match between Punk and Brian. The choices were street fight or two out of three falls. Of course, unanimously, street fight was picked. They beat the hell out of each other with a chair. My cousin was the only one in the building that chanted yes when the crowd was chanting no. Every time Daniel Bryan would say yes, it was hilarious because the crowd got silent. At one point, my cousin screamed as loud as he could yes. Daniel Bryan even looked up. He was probably thinking I have a friend here. Uh, laugh out loud. Anyways... I had a blast, and the crowd was very vocal. Just found out they're coming back again twice uh, this year, November 26th, which well, that's my birthday, Blue Mystery, for Raw. Very excited to see it again. Uh, I'm going to end it on that note. Just want to tell everybody, happy 4th, Blue Mystery out. So, Very cool, man. They're coming, they're coming to town on my birthday. You should go in my honor to go see that show. I agree. And, and you should hit Trey up to get you tickets, since he's getting everybody wrestling tickets and shit lately. Yeah. Trey, Trey's the man. They can get Bronx tickets to baseball. He can get you tickets to Raw. Come on. Yeah, I go real well with the Raw audience, with the Raw uppers. <laughs> yeah, there you go, buddy. The Raw, the Raw office loves me. I think they do. Didn't, didn't they blackball your ass a couple times? Twice. There you go. <laughs> Normally, we would take phone calls. But Trey's got to get out of here, and we ran way too late tonight with our Alberto Del Rio talk and the extended Raw recap. It was like an hour and 50 minutes. But next week, we will take phone calls. In fact, I think we're going to dedicate a good portion of the show to taking your phone calls next week. Matter of fact, if you got anything you want to talk about TNA-wise, we'll take your phone calls Thursday night on TNA Chat Live right after the TNA Post Show. One hour. One hour, you fool. One hour. One hour. You get the one hour of my time. He talk a TNA. I talk a TNA. Oh, you like you like it? We talk a TNA. Should be interesting for a go-home show. Of course, we got the pay-per-view this weekend, too. So That's right. So don't forget Sunday Night Showdown with uh, the TNA team. Bronx and Trey. Yay. Oh, on paper, on paper, this is going to be a hell of a pay per view. I'm telling you. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, some of that, from what I hear, the pay per views have been pretty good this this past little while. So, you know, no complaints. Maybe it'll be good. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, we've got the Pro Wrestling Rewind tomorrow on, on a special July Fourth live. I mean, the only patriotic motherfucker on there is going to be Bronx because Andy's Canadian. Oh. Oh, shit. He married an American, but he is Canadian. So, you want the stars and stripes and America the Beautiful to play? You're going to have to do it yourself, Bronx. Oh, I think it'll get done. And, and you better watch <laughs> out, because he might be playing, oh, Canada. You, he'll do that shit. That, that's what the power does. 
Well, uh, if he so, does, we'll we'll celebrate the fourth on my show Thursday then. Well, there you go. Let's see. I think isn't the open book debuting live this week? I don't know, dude. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. I, I I think it's this week. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's Ashley says yes. All right, there you go. Cool. So they're in my old time slot on Unplugged. So uh, check them out this Friday night. I have a hard time keeping up with the shows I'm on. And and Unplugged is still on hiatus. I might not bring it back till September. I'm taking the summer off. I'm enjoying myself. And they'd be like Chris Carpenter for the Cardinals. Every well, day I get another damn. fucking doctor's report. Another month. Well, you know, goddamn, man. I mean, I, I'm doing the three-hour marathon every fucking uh, Tuesday night now. So I'm just That's enjoying right. life with my kids and, and my wife. So, you know. And, and to be honest, I don't want to bring the show back now and then in August take some time off because i got family coming. So right now I'm thinking maybe September. Watch Which a whole next new week, season. Next week, next no, no, September's good. <laughs> September's, September's September's a good month. It JJ, is. he's just worried he can't get home in time. You know, if everyone in the network chips in and buys JJ a GPS, Unplugged will come back sooner. There you go. I'm about to kick the shit out of you from here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck you, you fat Mario bastard. Go eat a meatball and shut the oh, fuck up. Ooh, bring me a meatball. I'm hungry. It's a it's me, a, a me, Mario. <laughs> Actually, no, fuck it. I take it back. You're not even you're not even a Mario. You're a fucking Luigi. Ooh. You're not even good enough to be Mario. You got to be fucking Luigi. You're the afterthought. No. I want to be that cool motherfucker, Waluigi, the gangster yeah. bastard. In the you, ain't purple. Be, you ain't ever gonna be that cool motherfucker. Wario, you are not, buddy. Sorry. They happen to buddy. Wario no. is that his name? Well, there's Wario and Wario, the other one. I don't know. There's like two of them. Luigi. That's who I want to be. The motherfucker with the backwards L in purple. Come on, dude. You're a video game guy. You got to know this. Waluigi. I don't play a lot of fucking Nintendo, bitch. I mean, I play Xbox 360, and here lately I'm playing the fucking computer. I've I've been addicted like a motherfucker to my Star Wars The Old Republic. Oh, gosh. Wow. I've literally got three games going on at once. I've got a character that's a that's a fucking Republic trooper, that looks like Zangief from Street Fighter. I've got a fucking Jedi consular, that's at level twenty six and I'm on Tatooine, and then I've got a Sith character that I'm working on that's at like level twenty three now, and I'm on like Nar Shadda. So like I, I'm seriously like I'll play one, I'll play it for a while, then I'll play the other one. I haven't played my Xbox three sixty in a fucking month. I haven't played my fucking PS three since I bought the motherfucker. It's just Dude, sitting there collecting dust. Man, I got like an N64 and SNES emulator on my PC, and I'm loving the shit out of it. Playing the old-ass Zelda games and Mario, and I don't even care about the new games. I just want to play my old-school shit, and I'm loving it. So I'm, just, I'm just enjoying the fuck out of the Old Republic, which I should be enjoying it because I'm paying for it. You know what I'm Hell saying? Yeah. So I got to play it. If I'm paying for it, I got to play it. So, on that note, we're getting the fuck out of here. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for this, uh, for this well, typical edition of Wrestling News Live, where we literally talk about everything but professional wrestling. Thanks for being my friend. Because in case you didn't know, professional wrestling has died. It's gone. It's, it's non-existent. So, on that note, our condolences and thoughts go to the family of Andy Griffith. He will be missed. Yes. 
And, uh, again, listen to all the shows here on the SNS Radio Network, the Elite Force Podcast. You catch it twice a week, the Midweek with Chuck W., and, of course, the Weekend Edition with Walkie and Mindwipe. Um, the whole indie show, has that already debuted? I helped them with the name for that, so you're welcome, guys. I actually gave them a list of, like, five or six names, and they picked that one. So. <laughs> The creative juices were flowing. But more juices. More juices. But I didn't, Brock didn't say at that time. Uh, let me see. The open book, like I said, uh, Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman, which I listened to his TNA um, broadcast this past week, the 10 years of TNA. And I got to say, I love Beckerman's stuff. But He's good. He, he flip-flopped everywhere on that. I mean, we're... One minute we're talking about this, we're talking about the start, we're talking about two years ago, we're talking about five years ago, we're talking about ten years ago, we're talking about last year, we're talking... It was just very sporadic. So, it's still worth a listen, but it was a little sporadic, I have to say. Yeah, well. But, what do you do? I, I figure you TNA guys would really get get a kick out of it. Well, I'll tell you what, man, and, and we won't get into this tonight, because we, we gotta go, but I... I'll tell you right now, when fucking Mark Madden gives TNA props over the WWE, Vince needs to start really revamping shit. That's all I'll say. No, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> well, but on that note, on behalf of uh, the Bronx father, Tony Marabella, on, on behalf of the uh, about-to-run-out-the-door Trey Dog, and, of course, me, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Alcapsexay, We'll catch you again next week for another thrilling edition of Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. JSK, buddy, take us out of here. Cool. With that being said, thank you very much for listening to the show. Thanks for everybody uh, that participates in the forum boards, and thanks for everybody participating in the chat room. Until next week, peace, 420, kiss my ass. Good night, white people. I'm out. I told you I had to think about it. On that note, here's our song of the night. Hey, it's me. Um, I don't know where you're at or what you're doing, but I, uh, I'm just waiting. It's been 20 minutes and you're late, so I'm just going to hang out here uh, where we said we'd meet. All right, bye. Hey, it's me. Uh, yeah, I don't know uh, whether we meant 20 minutes after this hour or 20 minutes after the next hour, but you're closer now to the next hour. Hey, it's me. Is this where we said we'd meet? Because I don't know where you're at. I'm in the uh, little area with the benches. All right, I'm, I'm emailing you a photo of me, and this is me, fairly angry. Hey, it's me. Um, I don't know where you're at or what you're doing, but I, uh, I've certainly got places to go after this, so hopefully you can be here. Now I'm going to send you a picture of me uh, mad, flat-out mad. Actually, I just took a picture of a girl that walked by. Never mind. Town Mall. He sat down in his overalls and asked me, You waiting? I nodded, yeah. Said, How about you? He said, Son, since 1952, I've been waiting on a woman. When I picked her up for our first date, I told her I'd be there. 
She came down the stairs at 8.30, 8.30. She said, I'm sorry that I took so long. Didn't like a thing that I tried on. Well, let me tell you, son, she sure looked pretty. Yes, she'll take her time. But I don't mind waiting on a woman. Said the wedding took a year to plan. You talk about an anxious man. I was nervous. Waiting on a woman. And then he nudged my arm like old men do and said, I'll say this about the honeymoon. Worth it. <laughs> Waiting on a woman. And I don't guess we've been anywhere. She hasn't made us late. I swear sometimes she does it just cause she can do it. Boy, it's just a fact of life. It'll be the same with your young wife. You might, might as well, well go on if you're used to it. She'll take her time. You don't mind waiting on one. wrestling and or entertainment companies and exclusive to the SNS Radio Network.